Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is our post-Halloween episode because Halloween's just ended and, you know, it's Thanksgiving season. Do we really have Thanksgiving season or is it more Christmas season? I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But everyone, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Single Player Experience, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play and get good game recommendations. So, everyone, it is with heavy heart that I must say that this episode is going to go deep into a topic that I fear is going to drive a line of division between me and my guest today because we might be at war and the game we are talking about today is none other than Spider-Man 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2, which we and my guests have beaten to completion platinum to both of us even. So without further ado, let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. Joining me today is the symbiote killer himself the platinum what i want to say 64 platinums and counting 66 66 platinums in counting the platinum hunter the symbiote killer the devourer of all exclusives ladies and gentlemen my guest today is alejandro segovia (laughs) alejandro how you doing today Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome for what's hopefully gonna be a very spicy but well balanced thought for a game that is like I devour so fast and I got feelings. So many that I already did over at my own show, my own spoiler cast, and realized no, I got more to say. So I'm glad to be here to do a follow up to the fun episodes we did before the release of this game with the first Spider Man from 2018 and also Miles Morales. So this was long, this is not quite long overdue, but I was so excited for this follow up. So yeah, man, happy, happy to, to be you. here. Glad yeah. to have you. So, um, let's talk some business before we get to spider-man 2 because we got a lot to talk about we i won't you know hold the audience too uh too much before we get to our topic of the show but i do have to ask you a question here Mm -hmm. how many platinums have you gotten this year um i think i've gotten three if i'm not mistaken alan Uh, wake spider-man and and uh and jedi survivor oh no assassin's Mm -hmm. creed mirage that's the other one. Yes. That's Sorry. Cool. Then it's four. Then it's four. Cool. This is four of them. Then. So Alan. So Alan Wake, Assassin's Creed Mirage, uh, Spider-Man Two, and Jedi Survivor. Okay. What out of all those four, which do you think was your favorite platinum to get? As far as not necessarily your favorite game, but like you in pursuit of the platinum, what was? Uh, I would say Alan Wake. The oh. Alan Wake, okay. the, the Alan Wake platinum was like super satisfying. So oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So you know. I love I love um, trophy hunting. I at least love hearing about it. I'm not a super trophy hunter myself, mm-hmm. but like, I got I got a question. Do you feel more passionate about hunting trophies or achievements? I I, I like hunting trophies more specifically because of the platinum trophy as the carrot at the end of the stick. Because uh, with achievements, it's just a number that goes up. Mm-hmm. With, with with trophies, it feels like uh, it feels like a scrapbook that you're completing in a way. And that's and and that from like the checkmark perspective of trying to like keep uh, keep track of things that you hundred percent and more. I feel the trophy system is a little bit more satisfying. Even though like when achievements came out, I was also very big on achievements early on in the 360 era. So I just love the idea of that metagame of being able to like have something that makes you play a game in a very specific way, and it really 
pisses me off that over at the Nintendo ecosystem that's not a thing. Yeah, because there's so that. there's so many because I I see it. I see something like uh, I have Mario Odyssey, I have Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom. So many elements that I can easily see, like an achievement system kind of like pushing me into like really pursuing, especially with how dense those games are and how much you can do. Like an achievement system can even push you into trying things that you didn't even think about. But they're so stubborn, they're so stupidly stubborn. I'm not including that. That it's just ah, it's just sad. But yeah, it's like I love I love me some trophies ever since all the way. Since uh, my first platinum trophy with Uncharted 2 Among Thieves in two, oh, 2010, wow. so. Well, I was I was just about to ask you how you felt about the Nintendo um, situation with their trophies, but since <laughs> yeah, you it, piss, it, it pisses me off because if they had, let's just say like I would play that system more outside of its exclusives if they had that because I also pictured the scenario that them doing the virtual console like them the Switch Online and, and bringing all those older games. If they would then like retroactively fit them with like specific trophies, holy crap, I would keep the playing of them a lot, a lot because of my even my nostalgia of playing those games. So I get what you. That's mean. why I mean, yeah. That's why I mean. That's why like my main systems are PlayStation and Xbox because of that. That what helps. Even, what have you been playing lately? So I just finished uh, reviewing both uh, Alan Wake Two and the campaign for Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three. You can read both my reviews over at seasongaming.com and. Uh, and also for purposes of this discussion, you can also go read my uh, my review for both Marvel Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Wonder over at my own website, thecriticalcorner.com, because those were two games that someone else snatched from me over at Season Gaming, but I had enough things to say that I was like, I need to go back to my other website that I used to write in before I joined Season Gaming. So that's been like those have been like my beats the last for over the last few weeks since the last time we recorded. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. So. All right, we you've been playing some really good AAA games. I've been playing some indies like Thirsty Suitors and such. Man, mm-hmm. it is a good time to be a gamer right now. Like uh, just a gamer. I'm not necessarily talking about the whole industry because that's a yeah. that's a whole another like yeah. mechanical boodle. But like the gaming uh, to be a gamer right now is pretty good. Yeah, to be a gamer that consumes and buys games, what a year. Yeah. To be sure. a gamer that understands what happens in the industry. It's, this is a bittersweet year, yeah. Because like, the amazing content we've gotten has like that shadow looming over it of the behind-the-scenes trials that have been happening. They just keep happening. Just this last week, the Bungie apocalypse. That's yeah. what I like calling it. So it's like it's that hit horror because that's my game. So it hit it, that hit me home more than the others layoffs that have been happening. So it's like no one's unsafe this year. No one. <laughs> so. It's been rough. It has been rough. But everyone, you know, send your hearts and your prayers and all your well wishes out to all those that have been laid off um, of their jobs in the gaming industry this year. But, you know, regardless of that, we must move on to our topic of the show. That is Marvel Spider-Man 2. We're going to move on because normally we we like to have a little preamble. We like to talk about random stuff before our topic of the show. This is a beefy one, though. So we kind of have to get to the big daddy himself. Marvel Spider-Man 2, before we begin, how did you like it overall? I am very conflicted about it because um, in in many ways, I think Spider-Man 2 is the sequel I wanted out of it. So it's like the kind of sequel that, yeah, it plays better, looks better. It's a showcase of the system that it's on, in this case, a PlayStation 5. And there are enough elements within it, in both story and set piece uh, and set pieces that I would say rank high in like some of my favorite moments of this year. But I also feel this is also a sequel that has fallen into the trap of what's been happening with Sony First Party into 
I feel they like the smell of their own farts when it comes to like, uh, we're the cinematic uh, kings and all that. Let's like overindulge in walking and talking and like uh, including so much story that really shouldn't be there. Like uh, making things more chunky and bloated uh, with unnecessary stuff that really wasn't there before. And also coming in, at least from my perspective, because this has also been a really interesting experience. How this has been a game that the day one patch really was like Russian roulette to many people. There's so many people that had a squeaky clean experience as you expect these games to go. Or yeah. there's others people that had like a borderline unacceptable, unpolished experience from what you expect from a AAA Sony first party game and Insomnia game in general. That, and then when you mix all of that together, there's so, much, so many things that makes this game in its highest of highs. Probably my favorite of the three games. But also enough issues I have like in the little and the macro that also makes it my least favorite. But balancing it all out, I feel it's equally as good as the first two. But the disappointment that I feel is that I see how it could have easily been the slam dunk. This is the best of the three because elements of it are. But I, at the same, I feel like all three games complement each other. And it's an interesting way to feel about this one. But overall, I really liked it. You can go read my review. Uh, I gave it, uh, personally, I gave it a 9 out of 10. But it's more like until certain moments in this game, I had this lower than the other two. But I've scored all three games equally. I gave them all, ni all nines. So it's like this one was lower for a little bit until it things happen. And whichever we're going to talk later in the that, I was like, yep, it, it earned its spot. It's like it, it, it actually was like it's it, a worthy sequel. But it's like... Man, it's like if I had not had that, that especially the issues that I was having in my own personal experience, woo, this could have been easy, like easy, easy, like best of the three. But I really like the game. It's just, it's not an easy, easy win for me. <laughs> so. I understand that. I think, um, you know, I, and now I'll have to like get your your like minute feedback on like things that that worked for you that didn't work for mm -hmm. you. We can compare and contrast notes there, but like. I uh, just on the surface level, I'm like, I love this game. I absolutely mm -hmm. love this game. I love, uh, I, I love being back in this this city, this um, expanded city. As a matter of fact, I love, you know, the new mechanics such as the gliding, which I was, yeah. uh, I had my reservations about initially. Like, I fast love, travel. The oh, fast the travel. fast travel is yeah. amazing. Like, I, I don't think there's a better fast travel system in games today. Best like, fast travel. Yeah, this is the best fast travel because it's so seamless and such a technical marvel thinking about it like just the snappiness of how quickly does it that how did they manage to make it work like that <laughs> so. and then i'm like i look at the i look at traversal i look at the way like and i look at traversal and swing assist because like you can turn off swing uh turn lower swing assist and then like mm -hmm. have everything feel like more realistic or you can boost that thing up and just be flying through the city it just mm -hmm. i feel like traversal this is the best this is the best traversal i've ever played yeah, this is like... easily the best playing of the three. Like, if oh, we yeah. have to, like, yeah, if we have to call it from the gameplay perspective, this is easily the best. But... It's the one that I enjoy playing the most, just flying around. I, so. I'm also thinking with myself, I'm like, I can't, I don't think I can name a game that has better traversal in it, period, at this point. So I'm like, I, I'm checking off the list here. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I got an argument. This might have the best combat uh, of, like, most games that I played in recent memory i'm like i can't think of a game that has better combat off the top of my head i mean in this in the bottom mashy way like no other game did combat like this so nah, i mean yeah. 
like so i'm i'm looking at it i'm like i had okay so this might have an argument for best combat this might have an argument this is undisputed best traversal mm-hmm. i'm looking at like um i'm looking at things like that and best fast traveling system i'm like is this starting to become one of the best open world games i've ever played and i was so when I was I was you know thinking about different things like that, mm-hmm. it just came down to story, and I'm yeah. a big narrative person. And whereas I, you and I were uh, texting back and forth, I'm like, you did not like the first two acts as much as Act Three and Four. Mm-hmm. However, I I'm on the opposite side to where I'm like, yeah. I love that setup and I love Act yeah. One and Two. Versus- and, and and just to kind of clarify, there's a lot of good still in Act One and Act Two. Mm-hmm. It's just that a lot of my issues with bloat and focus are like more uh are more highlighted there and also with the fact that the the, the game to me like reaches a different kind of crescendo like yeah. in its later in, in its later third that i'm like why wasn't this the entire game especially because i feel like with how much it grows in that later half what it focuses on in the in, in kind of like its middle chunk I feel even more than the last game felt more like a stalling tactic to what they wanted to do. But I also blame blame how this game was marketed, kind of like as more to blame to that because we gotta like remember more the context of how the 2018 game was presented to us and who ended up being the villain of that game was something that we discovered until we bought the game and we played the game. Yeah, for sure. And in, in, in this time, they promoted who the focus of Act Three was from the beginning that. It was very easy to be like, oh yeah, what I'm doing kind of like in the middle section, there's cool action here, like in gameplay, like the gameplay side of things all remain excellent most of the time. But it's like, from a story perspective, I'm like, I know what's coming. When yeah. is that happening? Like when? It's like, because this character is cool and all, but that character is going to be much cooler. And lo and behold, he was. So then at the end, so looking back, I'm like, yeah, it's like, that kind of sucks in a way, because I'm like, I knew that was going to be cool, but then now I know that Every time that I, and I replay this game forward, I always will be looking forward to that third act and, and feeling like, man, that's going to be like a trudge getting there because everything that happens from acts three and four is just absolutely bananas and insane. And like, he just hits the pedal to the metal. And I'm like, man, it's like, that is my favorite story stretch of any of these games that makes the rest of the game, with the exception of how it starts, very, very beginning, be like, yeah, it's like, we're like stalling here a little bit there's more pay i'm like i'm feeling the pacing here in a way that i was not feeling with the other way with with both the 2018 game and most and even then we talked about like some of the issues with 2018 was the start and stop nature of you're playing as the main character now let's go do some really bad stealth or just like weird puzzles which they really fixed in this game at least oh yeah for sure for, 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 from from that perspective it had a very stop and start feeling but then more like when you really see what the who the focus is from that middle chunk, at least from the villain side, when you compare it to the first game, that it was a new character, you were learning new stuff about that character. It felt original, and that carried through. Even though we did talk about that, we we felt that that middle that middle section in the 2018 game focused too much on that one villain, and then when you see how everything else was crammed after you dealt with that villain in the 2018 and we're like they could have peppered that in like in the middle at least they did pepper some stuff in in the middle of this but the the villain that's center in the middle you're like i feel like i've seen the story before in comics i've seen i know what this character does and and, and i feel like insomniac does such a good job most of the time and like twisting characters and adding extra wrinkles that i feel they did with who act three is focused on in a way that they didn't do with this middle uh, middle section zone I feel like the middle section of this game both improved and failed 
like what they did in 2018 in a way but it's made up that the third act gets even crazier than what happens at the end of 2018 so it's a it's a weird balancing act that i can't wait to talk about more like when we go full spoiler in details oh so. yeah for sure for sure i'm um you know like i love setup i love cerebral villains and which is why i'm like when we talked when we looked at craven and mm -hmm. the way craven was presented in that first act i'm like i loved it i absolutely love mm -hmm. it and yeah yeah it's uh, venom has never really even though i've always admired the character i've never really connected with venom um as a character because like yeah. he's never really presented as a cerebral villain no yeah venom is more like a force of nature and just the polar opposite of yeah. your character he's your anti is is your your complete opposite is your he's your reverse flash yeah basically exactly. yeah exactly and then it's also like he there's never any dynamics there's never any, any like big mega rush or, or payoff it's always like he's it's just chaos it's him and carnage are always chaos yeah it, it, chaos and carnage and i'm like i almost love when a villain can make it personal and also yeah. make it like to where i'm looking at their their plot and i'm like oh I like the way this, this but but not but now think about it this way in why I say like when Insomniac twists this in their way yeah it's what I love they gave a twist to this Venom that adds that connection that's usually never there no for sure no Eddie Brock and Venom that's like so like cookie cutter and 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 and, and always is just the coolness of like the look of Venom that makes the villain like such a fan favorite but the little twist that the personal twist that they added that it's seated throughout the entire story in very subtle ways how that pays off in this one when the hulking monster finally emerges mm -hmm. adds weight in a way that usually venom doesn't have that i dare say this is my favorite interpretation of venom ever oh. ever like when i really think about it uh, the cartoon when i think about the 2000 game that i love which venom is hilarious in that game when he becomes your partner or when i even think of tougher grace in spider-man 3 such a lame venom Ugh. uh the this venom right yeah. here in video from like from spider-man web of shadows uh the venom movies like he's usually just he cool he looks cool but it's not that great as a villain so then when i think about like what they did with venom and who's behind the venom suit in this game when you think about it that way it has both the weight and the gravitas because also the voice Boys by Tony Todd, Candyman, and Zoom from the Flash TV show, mm -hmm. also adds that otherworldly, otherworldly terror that elevates Venom on top of like just how insane everything around him gets, both in the world and in gameplay and the story and the final story moments and, and set pieces. So that's why, like, unless you think of, a, of of another one that I can think of, I do think that this is the best Venom has ever been portrayed in anything. I and already, yeah, and already to me, like. In Sonic Spider-Man, it's probably my favorite interpretation of the Spider-Man mythos. It's the one I feel the most connected to. So that helps too. <laughs> so. I, I will say, um, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly about like this being the best adaptation of Venom. But mm -hmm. I also like I'm looking at Venom in general, and I don't think the bar was high. You know, yeah. I'm like I don't. Think, yeah. I don't think there's really good adaptations of Venom. If I'm honest, I think like the the concept mm -hmm. is always better than the actual payoff of Venom. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I feel like at least in Sonic uh, succeeded more where other times that has failed beyond the uh, beyond the superficial like element that everyone thinks Venom and the black suit is always that like, cool. That's yeah. always been kind of like that. It, it's that coolness of things this is what carries the Venom side of things. But that there's a reason why I feel like villains like the Green Goblin and even Doctor Octopus, like from a story perspective, are better villains for Spider-Man to me personally. In fact, 
Dr. Octopus in the first game by adding that kind of like tender and you seeing that entire relationship dissolve with it in, in your very eyes over good intentions is like what gave so much power to the 2018 story. But I do feel that they found a, a way for to hit similar beats with Venom. But it's still not the same as like what we saw in 2018. That I, to in my opinion, had a stronger emotional punch as a story. Yeah. I do feel like the 2018 story is better than this game, but I still like the story overall. But I feel this story also like has big stalling a lot of stalling tactics too. We will get to when we get more to it. Well, let's before we dive into all that and and how we feel about the different um, the villains and arcs and and the main storyline. Let's break down the story a little bit. Yeah. Let's start with Act One. Let's let's go with there. I'm gonna take the first act here. Marvel Spider-Man 2 starts with both Peter and Miles trying to find their place in the world outside of Spider-Man. Peter is finding it impossible to hold down a job, and Miles needs to apply for college. After thwarting an attack from Sandman, which is absolutely amazing, by the way, yep. Peter returns home to meet Mary Jane. However, once, uh, however, once there, Harry Osborn, sworn a son of Norman Osborn and Peter's best friend from childhood, shows up. Harry has suffered through a degener degenerative disease, but a cure has been found in the form of a new suit, which was worked on by Dr. Connors. Harry then shows Peter that he has been building an impressive research facility called the Emily May Foundation, named after the deceased Emily Osborne and Aunt May. The foundation has one goal, to heal the world. Peter decides to join Harry as a co-founder. While this is going on, Craven the Hunter is drawn to New York by the villains and superheroes running around. He and his hunters free many of the worst villains in custody, including Martin Lee and Mr. Negative, which drives Miles to consider taking revenge for his father's death at the hands of Lee. It is later revealed that Craven is dying of cancer, but he refuses to succumb of it. Instead, he chooses to dedicate his life to finding his equal, who will best him in combat. So, uh, you know, I didn't read all of Act 1, but I want to stop mm. in the middle there. Yeah, Let, because already somewhere. it's a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's already a lot. So let's just start with the Sandman thing. It's like, this is like literally next to God of War 3 and the second hour of Final Fantasy 16. One of the coolest beginnings to any game. It was like, oh, yeah. if you if you needed something to be like, let us sh let us flex. Let us showcase you what it means to be an exclusive to this new machine, just built for this machine. And that Sandman fight, in my opinion, perfectly represents that. It's like the scale of the big monstrosity that is that Sandman. The insane switches. That, that, that's when you get a taste of being able to switch from the two different Spider-Man so seamlessly when they're like oh, super so far cool. away and the detail and kind of like how the how the flow of that combat goes. It's like it's so exhilarating and gave me kind of like the energy I needed to start the game to be like, when, when that sequence ended, I was like, I'm here for a ride. Especially at that moment where that introduces the wings, that Sandman goes far away, and then you, like, wing your way, your, your way into, like, far into the city, and you see that the details never stopped. It's, like, it's just such a wonderful showcase. And uh, director Brian Tahart mentioned that that was, like, they knew about the sequence close to when before they finished the 2018 game and wanted spoiler cuts that he made. And I can't imagine it took them that long. This is kind of like the... Uh, the train sequence for Uncharted 2, oh, yeah, yeah. For, for me, like, the, the equivalent of, like, I can see where a lot of time was spent into making sure that this sequence, uh, like, really nailed it, and, uh, and I feel like it was, it was, like, just an expert way to build upon these strong stars from the previous games, uh, like, the Kingpin star, uh, 
Start from the very, from the very, uh, from the very first game, the Rhino Christmas battle from for Miles Morales. I feel like this was a this was a great start. Like, like honestly, it was like it was so exciting. But then, the pumping of the race that happened after that after after that the oh, calm down cool. is brutal though. Is it because it's like it was like it just started super exciting and now let's set up the world. Let's set up like the two characters. Let's set up like what the story stakes are with Peter like. Starting and immediately losing his story job like miles trying to figure out that whole college thing uh, Peter going back to his house and uh, get, Getting to meet MJ, MJ and getting that's uh, that flashback with uh, With Aunt May I was saying that because I have two thoughts about the flashback I love the flashback with Aunt May because I really love seeing John Peter yeah. There is just something about getting to see that see that see the young version of him that It was like yeah, it's like it's cool because at least this is a way to like remind us what we lost with Aunt May because her death was like the big bittersweet gun gut punch of uh, of the first game, and and I feel this is a good use of flashbacks. Peter and Harry's flashbacks at the school, though. Oh, you didn't like it? No. Oh. Uh, yeah, that, that those are the ones where I'm like, okay, now we're like, uh, this is where okay, we see Insomniac was saw a lot of Uncharted Four. We see we we see that they saw a lot of. Uh, of whatchamacallit, The Last of Us, Left Behind DLC, or even the museum part, and let's mm -hmm. let's try to do this. And here's the thing, like, why that works for me in Uncharted 4 and, and, and Last of Us, and why that quite doesn't work here. I didn't learn anything from these flashbacks, because a lot of the relationship of what you know about Peter and Harry, that has been, like, covered, at least me, that I've seen so much Spider-Man media, and yeah, even, sure. and, and it's like, it feels like, yeah, it, to me, this feels indulgent, because, like, uh, the unfortunate nature of you adapting a story is that, in many different ways, no matter how much you try to, like, twist the knot or something, you probably know stuff, so, at least in those flashbacks, they, they were, to me, they were there just because they wanted to show them more than they wanted to teach you anything. Think about the Uncharted 4, uh, Sam and Drake, John Drake flashbacks. When they they were worked for yeah, and when they were escaping the, the, the orphanage and going like through that, it's like you're learning something. When you're like in doing flashbacks and learning something, that to me works. When you're doing this kind of flashbacks, but I didn't learn anything. It reminded me a lot of this felt like more and a more elaborate scene of the Peter and Harry meter from the Amazing Spider-Man two movie um, oh. with, 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 with Andrew Garfield. That I was like, yeah, it's like I feel like I'm watching that. Maybe oh, done better, man. but I'm watching that. It's until we get to the Emily May, the, the, the Emily May Foundation that I'm like, now here's the angle I like. This is something because now we're building from that. It's like, that flashback already happened. It's like, I already knew about like what their relationship is like. I, did, I didn't feel like I personally gained anything from it. I did gain more from the present interactions from them, building from that. Is that because the flashbacks to me felt self-indulgent? The current stop building the story at least at that point. That's the thing I like because like I, I feel that's a good way to segue their now personal loss they both fell with both Harry losing his mom and Harry and, and, and Peter losing Aunt May and them like working together as bodies in honor of their memory. That is a new angle that you usually don't see. I do like that because also that's how you start connecting more with Harry in the moment. Than just oh. like the old the old flashbacks. At least that's that's how I felt. That those flashbacks, like yeah, it's like it's more walking and talking, and it's cool seeing like young Peter. But it's like yeah, it's like I could they could have easily just done the basketball, and that's it. And that would they wouldn't have added or this or or distracted anything. That's kind of how I feel. So. I am a man. It's crazy. Um, like 
the story centric person in me is mm -hmm. like the, this is why we why i love having you as a guest because we mm -hmm. defer on some of these things like this it's like mm -hmm. i love that moment where like harry and him are hiding in the school because like we've all been there as kids and then mm -hmm. like i love the story payoff when inevitably like you get that highest of high moments because this is what happens in life like mm -hmm. in general you have the highest of high moments and then like life comes barreling at you and like next thing you know like you hit with the lowest moment of harry's life and it's yeah. it's also him figure out his way like norman breaking the news that... yeah and then Peter being there and that kind of like show like that moment to me is like not just the crux of like Harry and Peter's friendship, because I do think that is like an important moment that shows you like if you're you were there for me at my lowest moment in my life and mm -hmm. that like even though like, you know, Norman kind of pushes him like pushes it keeps him my mm -hmm. arm leaf in that scene like he was still there. It's just like. I love that moment of connection there, but it's also the foreshadowing moment mm -hmm. of like Peter was also there when Norman's almost what what we we could probably consider as one of Norman's lowest moments in life. So mm -hmm. it's like I love that art of storytelling to where like you're building for the future, you're also paying off your yeah. future villain, and you're also like the you're also in ground ingraining like little moments of foreshadowing because mm -hmm. like yeah. even in that scene like the helicopter's light was green. Uh, when mm -hmm. he was shining on Norman's face, and I'm like, I love uh -huh. that. I love that moment where, like, yeah. visually, like, it, visually, there's like in those subtleties. I do like that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, like, if you read a lot of the diaries from back in the 2018 game, yeah, a lot of these story bits were already told. So that's kind of what I said. That had I not read this, like, and how effective reading that when you're playing as MJ and in, in, in Norman's apartment, especially when you, you you find out like the medical equipment where Harry was receiving his treatment when you're playing as MJ in the 2018 game, it's like if those story beats I didn't read before, I wish it to me. I have I feel more power where when I'm looking at a flashback, is both well acted, which this was, and I'm also learning something because then it means like it has a place in the story beyond just being there. Uh, yeah. This was just dramatizing something that I had already read. That's why, to me, like, I, to me, I felt more power with going through the Emily, uh, Emily and May Foundation, like realizing mm -hmm. what that meant. Because it's like, yep, it's like this is now building towards the story and how you're connecting with your body, and and and, and already, and it feels like it, it goes to show you that how effective writing has been for the Spider-Man games. That I got a lot of like what these flashbacks got me from writing, just reading those things back in the 2018 game. So, I think that's that's more of a testament to like with the with with with, with the diaries and all that. So I I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. The only pushback I, I have of that notion is like um, I don't think the average gamer reads a lot of that, and I don't think yeah, they I can that. see that. Yeah, I can yeah. I can see that angle. Yeah, that's what to me personally. That's why to me personally the flashback uh, to me was just like indulgent. Yeah. Whereas I can see that working for people that didn't come through every corner of or every cool lord that was in the in, in the osborne apartment in that final mj thing mj section from the 2018 game so yeah and it's also like uh, you know playstation games haven't trained us to like also like take lore like that as far as like yeah as far as like oh this is ingrained in the future the future of storytelling for us like yeah like i feel since the last of us it kind of has been yeah since then yeah it kind of has but it's almost like easter eggish you know mm -hmm. versus like like okay so their things are like it's extra seasoning on top of what of the meal versus like Ooh. the elden ring the elden ring it is the lore of the story mm -hmm. you know 
So I'm yeah. like, I, I I feel like PlayStation like first party hasn't trained us to to, to like do like train main main like like main um mainstream people to actually like take those and like devour everything yeah i, I kind of disagree especially just thinking like the inspirations like for example like a lot of like what makes a i'm not the biggest uncharted 4 fan but i like that game a lot uh but i just enjoy oh. uncharted 2 and 3 more like for what i want out of like a more pulpier action adventure thing is like that that's kind of like the tone that i want but i like uncharted 4 is like a lot of like what's great about the uncharted 4 story is like through you finding the notes of henry avery mm -hmm. and you like piecing together is like it it enriches the experience and with the last of us part uh, and last of us part 2 in particular so much uh there's so much emotional storytelling from the things that you even find like even as you're going through it that adds extra texture of a story that if you're just mainlining especially in the beginning size of that game it's just a petty revenge story yeah. and and finding and, and finding that thing that and they're so good at like environmental storytelling that i feel insomniac learned that thing and i applied those lessons and i got a lot of this out of like me being able to like see the things that were easily discoverable in that in in, in the in the loft of the 2018 game again like the flashbacks to me were not bad i love like I, I feel that they were well acted and uh from your perspective i see it it's just to me personally that yeah, didn't for sure. work for me in that i like when i re when i get flashbacks i like learning something because i feel that's the the, the best effective use of flashbacks is you learning new stuff mm -hmm. and and i feel like i got their relationship from what i read in the 2018 game so which again credit to the writers to convey that so easily yeah, in, in, sure. in the other game so but I see the pers I see the perspective. Someone that didn't do that, which yeah. there's many people that work like that. My brother's like that. <laughs> so. he, he, he's a mainline <laughs> kind of guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I told him because he hasn't played Spider-Man too because he went to college and he didn't get a console. I was like, oh, no. I would hate for you. I would hate for you to just mainline this stuff because there's a lot. I feel like side quests in Spider-Man too feel more vital and important to where things are going than they did back in 2018. In Miles Morales, they gave texture and emotion to the story. But in Spider-Man 2, they feel vital. <laughs> so, oh, they really do. To, to, yeah, to, to understand where things are going. But, but yeah, so like, a, so before taking more time with that, like that early high school flashback, I think I appreciated more knowing the scenario of the final boss fight. It's yeah. a nice a full circle. I was like, that's when I was like, okay, I get it now. It's like I didn't learn anything of that, but I did like the symmetry near the end. Oh, but. Wow. Yeah, but, but then it's like the Emily Osborne and Aunt May Foundation, kind of like such a perfect way to really connect in a modern way these two characters. And the relationship between Peter and Harry, a great through line. Like, as so much that happens around in the story from a plot perspective, that through line remains strong like, like throughout. Even when Craven shows up. Like, like, I don't know how it says there. Drawn to New York by the villains of superheroes running around. He just wants to kill them. Well, well, um, before we um move on to um the the remainder of Act One, I I do want to like you said shout out the uh, the Sandman parts because like the cut the scenes where we are like going through buildings though are amazing, absolutely amazing. Like, absolutely. I, I you I can't think of another instance in video games where I felt like oh my goodness we're seamlessly going through parts that in the past would have been loading screens. Yes, like, and we're literally like taking. It, it, that's the thing. Like we kind of had with the train sequence of Uncharted two and yeah. the and the airplane sequence of Uncharted three in a way. This is taking that energy. Like oh, Insomniac yeah. is it's basically like uh, Naughty Dog gave the baton and Insomniac like grabbed it and took it. He was like, yeah, let's uh, let's build from there. That's what so, that's what the Sandman uh, game, uh, entire sequence reminded me of, and they executed it just as well. You could have told me, yeah, Naughty Dog worked in that sequence. I would believe you. 
yeah. Especially because thank God for me it didn't break. The game started breaking after for me. Oh. I would have hated. I, I would have hated if, if if how amazing that sequence was started. Like if, if, if the glitches I started getting afterwards are happened there because that would have really soured like the immense spectacle that was that moment. Uh, I know like uh, to shout out my buddy Paul. He does not like this fight. What? Like he does not. Yeah, he does not like it because especially for him like. He's a bigger critic of like the bloat of the early acts, and to him, he was like, he appreciated the Kingpin and Rhino fights more because he liked the excitement, but he didn't feel that the the moment was too exciting. That then when the game pumped the brakes, he felt it be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling that now it's gotten real. So I do get that perspective, but I did feel it that way. But I did love the sound because I love me some spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um. Also, like when we were we were talking a little bit about um some of the the setup here like i love the introduction of craven you know even though we mm -hmm. already yeah. got oh, to yeah. see this previously if it's still cool it, it's still cool yeah it's yeah. it's still it's still cool seeing it it's, it's still like a, a great introduction and uh cooler for people that didn't watch the showcase to see that introduction and get like kind of like the the bait and switch at the oh, yeah. in, 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 in that uh in that foresty area and like the initial like conceit of yeah him hunting the super villains really great conceit and great setup I hate that that's all of it for him. <laughs> I hate that that's I hate that that's literally all of it for him. This, that's why I'm like, yes, like I'm. It's a cool like subversion because obviously before like seeing a story like the legendary Craven's Last Hunt mm -hmm. from uh, from from the comics, that's like one of the greatest uh, Craven stories ever told. That was more indirect to him hunting Spider-Man. So obviously that the twist here is like, no, he's not hunting Spider-Man. He's hunting the supervillains. He just happened to run into Spider-Man eventually, and Spider-Man is barely a blip of he can like. As, as is like can, can barely like stand against him so uh i want to just feel, mm -hmm. oh uh, go ahead yeah so was, again again really cool setup like getting him like, how, how it happens like how violent it like immediately is like yeah i was like this guy means business i like how imposing he looks i also want to shout out like i love the craven theme that they introduced in this game oh yes like, it's oh, it's that... played ad nauseum through this entire game i <laughs> so... love it and it's, it makes <laughs> me feel sinister too i'm like mm -hmm. he feels like almost like a horror movie like a horror movie villain in a mm -hmm. way to where i'm like i love his theme and the insomnia kills it with the, like the theme of characters because they still have like mm -hmm. the trap drums from mouse they still have oh like, yes the peter the peter theme i love mm -hmm. the, i love the way they use music in this game and they do it right from the job. Um, mm -hmm. Before, uh, like, let's dive into um, some the remainder of Act Two, though. Here act we, One. Act One. <laughs> sorry. I, yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go. The hunters attack Coney Island, almost resulting in civilian uh, civilians dying, as it proves to be too much for Peter. That's when Harry's suit comes to life. It comes to life. A strange ma black mass of goo and tendrils. Together, they are able to save the day. Do we, do we skip over something here? No. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like we 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 didn't specifically talk about the like discuss the prison break. Yeah. That yeah we didn't like talk about you read up you did read about that so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the two of them um, then intended intend to work together as superheroes, but that dream predictably does not last long. With Spider-Man and Harry circling in on Craven, they go to meet a they go to meet him in a confrontation. However, this doesn't go to plan, and Craven is able to beat both of them. This Easily. 
yeah oh man i love this by the way this mm-hmm. ends with peter parker getting stabbed and dying momentarily however harry's suit then transfers itself to peter in order to save its life his life during this time peter tries to transfer the suit back to harry but that does but doesn't know how however before he can figure it out craven activates the dormant lizard in dr connor's mm-hmm. peter uses his suit to take down the enormous lizard realizing just how powerful it is in yeah. the process end of act one there and i tell you that this is just barely scratching the surface but even a lot happened here like for example uh the prison break where you oversee the uh the, 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 the prison transfer for Martin Lee and both score and Scorpion and uh, and uh, it's funny you put including Martin Lee and Mr. Negative they're both the same people yeah, yeah it's a typo there <laughs> yeah I know so I was just reading that in in, in our in our recap chat but it was like um this early on exemplifies something that I feel it's both cool but also a problem with uh, the game trying to handle both characters it's like the only real character arc in the main story that Miles has is his sudden re- desire for revenge against Lee over him killing his dad in the first game. Is like, I I don't I, to me it doesn't really come out of nowhere because it's like you can uh, that's like a big element of his character. That's, that's how you're introduced to Miles in the first game. Mm-hmm. It's just that like the entire story does more with Peter like from a 75% that then Miles a lot of his story is relegated to a lot of side quests. And in like just the main thread of like the the two things with Miles is like he's feeling uh, eventually he's starting feeling left out because uh, when Peter sees that Harry has his powers he starts leaning more to like hanging out with Harry as kind of like sidekicks and you, it even goes together with you on on missions and all that and Miles starts to kind of like feel like a little shafted as like man I was your apprentice and you're not a uh, like he's uh, like you're telling me to just kind of back off and like. I can help you and all that and then like he's just like he just wants that revenge on lee and uh and it's also funny like in an opposite side like uh early in the sequence it exemplifies to me like something that i was worried was gonna happen with this game coming from miles morales in 2020 when i played as miles in in that 2020 game i was like oh god this is gonna be rough going back to peter and not having this venom abilities that adds so much dy- dynamicism to the combat and and I was like, how are they gonna how are they gonna be able to balance both these characters? And early on, my fears were founded. I was like, I don't like playing as Peter. Like his spider legs feel weak in comparison to the venom. Uh, and to the venom attacks. And this wasn't a problem for me, but this is something that Paul told me to really air the grievance on. Is like with P- even with Peter, them giving the spider legs to his character came at the expense of four gadgets that a lot of people really love from the first game. And they added a new system because I think we talked about this in our 2018 chat. Is like, I feel the 2018 games suffer an excess of abilities and gadgets. That is like, you have all of this. The yeah. game is not funneling you to really use them or have an intuitive way to use them. Like to be able to switch gadgets in the 2018 game, you have to like hold the L1 or R1, depending on how you had it in options, and use the weapon wheel that's like very iconic and very in, in many Insomnia games to be able to switch around. And when you're playing an Arkham style like reversal combat combat free flow combat system the one thing you don't want to be doing is slowing yourself out and to change something so i know many people didn't use many of the gadgets in combat because why would you slow yourself down when you're like dodging your way like web web striking someone and attacking left and right and uh, i feel insomniac did well in like thinking about that be like okay to be able to use gadgets you hold r1 now and press the buttons it reminds me a little bit of arkham 
Like, when you played Arkham Asylum, uh, City, and even Night, a lot of gadget use already has, like, button combinations that you can use in the middle of combat for that to be used. And because uh, the heat mapping clearly showed that many people didn't use those gadgets, and people really love the Venom abilities. That's why they gave us the spider legs. But in comparison, you tell me, who do you want to play? Peter or Miles? Peter with his, like, slow spider web spider attacks or miles with this animus style venom attacks which in this sequence gets an upgrade immediately which is basically a palpatine like force lightning attack mm -hmm. you're like why would i want to play as anybody but miles and that and, and it was and it's so funny it's like from a story perspective he's like he, he's given less uh of a kind of kind of like a blood uh blood drive compared to like pierre that really goes through the gauntlet here yeah uh but from a gameplay perspective, I'm like, I want to keep, I just want to play as Miles. I was other than hearing the cool trap music when I'm playing around and he has some really cool side quests on his own. It's just, I just love playing him with him better because until you get the symbiote suit, I didn't like playing as Peter. It's until oh, wow. you get this. Yeah. It's until you get the symbiote. So I was like, I played with him in the main missions that force you to play with him uh, because there's like no, there, there's no alternatives there. I was like, yep. I guess Peter, is, I'll have to play this Craven section, which is when you see Craven uh, kill Scorpion. Really cool. I really love seeing that. Then I had it knowing that then a bunch of enemies just got off off screen. Like I would have loved to see how Craven killed the Shocker, for example, our which vulture. is how you or Vulture. It's a uh, so it's like I'm like ah oh, man, it would have been cool to see that because then it's like if I'm if I'm not gonna get much from Craven beyond like his setup as a character, because that's what what he is. He's like. I want to kill, I, I want to fight someone that can best me because I'm dying. That's all he is. Compared to Martin Lee in that middle game, where you learn a lot about like what made him a villain, the his connection to Feast and all of that, like to the, that middle section that focused on Kraven a lot in the, in this game. When I compared it to Lee, I'm like, man, I remember I got really a lot from Lee from a story perspective that I didn't get from Kraven. Even though the gameplay scenarios that I'm playing in with Kraven are definitely more fun than I remember having when I played with Lee. So it's like, it's these weird opposite ways, but yeah. Hold on real quick, um, we, we've covered a lot of ground here. I wanna, yes. um, <laughs> I wanna conversate a little bit about like, yes. some of the stuff we, we talked about there. Um, like. I, the first thing I think you you brought up that I wanted to talk about was um, the mouse thing. Um, mm -hmm. I so my disagreement on mouse story is that I do agree that it is a lot of a revenge story, but like mm -hmm. for me, uh, for me at least the way I interpret it, it was more of a coming of age trying to figure out who I am storyline because like with his college application and also like him losing the mentor it's almost always uh, like trying to balance he's now in that classic mm -hmm. classic uh, mode of like how do I balance out who I am with like with being Spider-Man how do I yeah. balance out mm -hmm. the, the time my mom wants to spend with me with being Spider-Man and a lot of that comes from the side quest like, a lot of it does, yeah. Yeah, but. and 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 and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I like that because it makes Sacquas more important. Mm -hmm. I fear for my life for people that just mainline this, that are not gonna get a lot of like how much, so much of what uh, informs Miles as a character, is not in that main story. It's it's a lot in that side quest that has that texture. So it's kind of what I was saying. It's like from if you're just following yellow dots, main mission to main mission to main mission to main mission, there is not much to Miles compared to how much there is with Peter. Even though, to me, Miles is more fun to play early on. And the side quests that are focused on him, you like, 
the idea of the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man app that was introduced in 2020, even though you can do a bunch of that stuff with Peter, is like that to me is like straight up Miles' identity, and that's why I did a lot of the side quests for that because that's how they build that character. Like, if in main story they're not perfectly like balanced in how much they give us from Miles and how much they give us from Peter, they made up for it in side quests. And I tell you, people, if you're listening to this, and for some reason you're listening to this, I haven't played this game, please, and you don't care, you didn't care about spoilers, which would be yeah. weird do the side stuff and do it with miles a lot of that what you said about your about your interpretation i see it from the side quest like that, that that's kind of like what i that. meant yeah i can get that um i um the other point is like you know it's it's weird how opposing we can be sometimes because like mm-hmm. i actually kind of like the spider arms like i was like i there I, I like them when i upgraded them. Yeah. once the full upgrades were there i was like okay i found the fun miles is fun immediately from the that's it, it, yeah. yeah, from the get-go so that's kind of how i was like with peter you have to earn it but then it's like okay i have to earn it with the upgrades but with miles i can have fun immediately and immediately you get two upgrades with him well peter just has these damn arms <laughs> and then and 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 the and the gadgets is like that that, that was kind of like my worry because i was like yes yeah, like i enjoyed miles so much that's why i love that game so much more than 2018 and i was like yes yeah, like Try hard as they tried, it didn't feel like they kind of quite got the balance right that I wanted to play as well until the symbiote. Then until the symbiote, the opposite happened. I'm like, crap, the symbiote suit is so cool. I kind of just want to keep playing with him now. So it's, like, it's so funny how that balanced out. <laughs> so. I was the opposite. I, you know, like I love, I, I loved like Peter's the arms and uh, like the mm-hmm. using because I, I utilize more gadgets when I'm playing with Peter than I have to do with um oh yeah playing with Miles, with Miles. Mm-hmm. you kind of have to but like mm-hmm. I I I'm a I'm kind of like Paul where I'm a gadget inclined player mm-hmm. I think when it comes to yeah this so I'm like I sort of found that fun with playing with Peter a lot of the times but then when I got the symbiote suit I was like ah damn now I'm like I don't get to use those gadgets I have to use these but gadgets. the thing is that you can and and I, and I would argue that the game is balanced enough especially because they throw even more enemies at you once you have the symbiote that if you're just relying on symbiote abilities you're not gonna immediately win either like i i I feel like the game uh because there's something where i agree with my buddy paul uh that the gadgets that i feel were included with this game is like they even the director said it's like the big feedback they got from the 2018 game was like eliminate dc wins eliminate the insta wins that a bunch of gadgets and ultimate abilities had in that first tw- in the 2018 game remember what blossom l3 r3 jump around and just web everything and that could completely end the end the fight it was like there were like 20 different alt abilities that you can have including like spider the, the, the spider legs were one of those l3 r3 yeah things but it's like but it was like why would you use them instead of web blossom it's like like when you include when you include easy wins why would you use anything but easy wins other than just curiosity they build the combat with this game with that in mind and i do feel that the gadgets that they include with this game you gotta use them and they're much easier to use and it's all to help with the flow state early on with the spider legs they're not as good but then mix them with the gadgets spider legs start feeling good then fully upgrade the spider legs oh they do feel good it's just that that that's further into the skill tree compared to uh to Miles that I'm like, yes, you can even use gadgets here, but his venom powers are like OP from the beginning, and you can immediately start charging them so quickly. So it's like it's it's just interesting how they balance things. But I feel eventually the game hits a perfect middle point where you gotta use everything. And if not, you're gonna get screwed. Especially when a special kind of enemy comes in later. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, I, I really um yeah I really enjoyed the the Peter legs. Um, I mm-hmm. you know I found myself using those very frequently at least until like I did mm-hmm. get the suit. But um. 
I, I still say, use them. I just had, didn't have fun initially using yeah. them because like, oh yeah, it's like compared to like the big L1X with the electricity, just an immediate jump. With him, it's like, had to grab someone, he like lifts them and then ho hopefully with that strong, that's where everyone is. Like yeah, there's like a certain slowness. So I was like, yeah, it's like the other guy just feels so much faster. I, so. I want to say this before I forget my, my thought here. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, I feel like I, I wrote this down in my notes when I was playing Spider-Man and mm -hmm. I felt this early on in the act, uh, act one, act two kind of zone here. Mm -hmm. I feel like Spider-Man is an amalgamation, like a, like, it feels like it's PlayStation's, like the game where you can see all the lessons of PlayStation's past. Cause it feels yeah. like some of the counters and some of the counters and some of the like, the the I, I guess you could say the unblockable attacks and such like that feel very God of Warish. Um, the, the parry the parry button that got that got added with this game. The yeah, one feels very God of Warish. Um, mm -hmm. They had some of the stealth things with um, MJ felt very Last of Us ish. Mm -hmm. You know, like they also yeah. had um, they also had the storytelling and the way they told um, stories feel very uncharted. Yes. So I'm like, it feels like this is almost. Now, I'm not saying this is the greatest game PlayStation put out. No, I'm not. Saying it feels that. like the it's, it's like a game amalgamating the greatest hits of many of their oh, different yeah, games, sure. and the it's both learned. yeah the lessons learned, both a strength and a weakness. To me personally, being like, yes, like all these games are starting to blend together now. Like it's like it all feels like they're all doing kind of like the same tricks. Yeah, I still enjoy it because it's executed well, but you can also see the argument. It's like, oh yeah. I see this from this game, this is also from this game, this is also from this game, and that is kind of like the criticism that has been like emerging from Sony First Party, that is like, you only do that one kind of game, the only thing that changes are specific elements and kind of like the, the uh, basically the setting and the color swap <laughs> of things, and uh, but it's still like, I still enjoy it, <laughs> so it's like, that to me is not quite a criticism, but I can see the, that, that critique of seeing that be like, oh yeah, it's like, this is the Sony first party amalgamation of everything. So it's like, I, I get that, but I'm like, mm -hmm. if you are, if you're Sony, it does it not seem prudent to like, you, you have all these in-house studios, let like, and I feel like this is something Xbox probably needs to do better. Let them mm -hmm. learn from one another. Let them take little things from yeah. here and there. And I don't, and I don't give a damn if the, the results are like, hey, all of our games start to feel a little samey, like a little mm -hmm. bit of the same thing. I'm like, you're putting, you're still putting out the highest level triple a games out there now at this yeah. point yeah to me it's like it's all more like uh you do that you care about uh what is game of the year and all that uh, amalgamating all of that at the same time that's what holds you back from like then getting the highest honor sometimes so yeah well it's still executed well polish aside for me yeah <laughs> because true. this was definitely the buggiest i've ever had a playstation game in years uh it's, it's gone, like probably yeah, yes it's, no since days gone literally it was yeah. like which to me is like sad because i'm like yeah it's like i don't remember this being a problem with the other ones like i i showed you pictures the two cars like stuck it, the, that was perfect you're, you're like this is premium gaming and that had just happened to me i was like no screenshot yeah premium gaming two cars like stuck like two dogs after finishing intercourse so let, <laughs> let's, give the, let's give the listener some context here like yeah. um for uh for the you listeners like me uh, uh what alejandro is talking about here is like i did not have any mm -hmm. bugs in my game except for a audio flaw and like mm -hmm. in a two cutscenes, i believe where i had to like where the audio it's almost like the audio I, it stopped right it was like there was like dialogue but it was like the, the, there was like no voices coming coming out right yeah for sure so i had to basically i i would log out and then i would or i would basically restart from there and and 
and then everything would go fine and like mm-hmm. alejandro and his co-host paul like experienced a whole lot of glitches in their game mm-hmm. a whole lot of like bugs and that and, and then wasn't alone like i, I saw this yeah. discourse on social media they weren't alone mm-hmm. a lot of people experienced yeah. that i just i did not have that experience though like, and many people were like you that's what's so and here's what the most distressing thing about all of this is when this game was reviewed in the pre-release environment none of these issues were there something happened with the patch the day one patch that if you're in digital like you, you like if you're pre-installing in digitally that was the patch you got um for some people smooth game as as polished as you expect their games to be for many of us it's like we were like what happened how could this happen and uh i tell you it's because it's like to me it's insane like i played starfield for 70 hours i got the glitches that i only started seeing past hour 50 with this game i was getting like a few hours into this game kind of like it's so funny to think oh. that i like overall like in my experience like uh starfield was like more polished even though oh. i enjoyed spider-man more but that to me is like doesn't make any sense like how that like how that turned out to me and especially because i was like it was so funny i got to put moments where i got soft locked like there was a few there's like a few side missions where you have to go into like you're doing aaron davis's stashes there's yeah. one where you like crawl in to like find something i couldn't get out the prompt oh, wow. was not letting me out the only way i got out was i fast traveled away another time during a yuri watanabe uh side quest which by the way she, uh yuri watanabe becomes wraith and she's the uh and and uh, they, they give her 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 supplement of her own with something called the flame and really cool side quest and like well, seeing we'll like devolution yeah we're eventually gonna get there uh i had a moment where she got stuck in the environment and she needed to like say something or do something for me to advance to the level i had to like reload the i had to reload my save so many instances of me fighting crime where like a car would like this happened to fall too and he had the video that a car just literally just sped through a wall and clipped and disappeared mine happened where uh i had the two cars just like clipping to each other like again like they were two dogs finishing having you know what and they oh. were stuck together it was so funny yes <laughs> that was the picture that i sent you when you're like i'm having such a, a great time this is such polish this is premium game i was like yeah premium gaming right uh one uh in one late side quest which you do with miles uh i think it was with miles that introduces the chameleon when i went into his apartment love that love it yeah great sequence my mouse was like jello like the sun was coming out of him kind of like when you press r3 and and it, it gets you jello of like yeah this is kind of like what you're looking for that's how my mouse looked without the sun looking i was like why is there visual glitches like this and then my favorite glitch because this was very helpful when i was doing one crime in the late game somehow my xp meter bugged and it took me to full level oh, wow. i was at i was at level 51 and a crime that I beat that that should have only given me 350 XP bugged out and the meter was like full 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 and it jumped me to level 16 gave me the trophy I was like okay this is a glitch I'll take because yeah. it, it, it cut out my time for the platinum but it's like it's just all those little details and I'm like this never happened to me with spider-man 2018 this never happened to me with Miles Morales I heard it had issues, but it never had those issues with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. How could a how could a day one patch give me this experience that I usually don't expect? This level of like uh, mess ups from a Sony first party. It's like these are like the guys that I like go for 
when we talk about kind of like when it comes to premium polish and premium uh production value and things like that other than like a nintendo game that in their own way like their games always work yeah. other than pokemon is like sony games, <laughs> yeah exactly it's a it's a compared to like sony that 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 deals with higher fidelity and all that it was like i was shocked this was the first game since days gone that i was like man it's like this kind of sucks because the quality of like what's there when it's not bugging out is like top tier the highest of tier and it's unfortunate because that was just my experience you didn't have that other people didn't have that it's like it's russian roulette and i always made fun of paul because usually when i play with a, a game with him he's always the one that i always made the joke there's something with your console your games break all the time in ways that they never did to me and i always made fun of him and of course this was the game both of us that happened and now you were me in that yeah. scenario when i usually saw so, uh Apparently it's been patched and did you see the cube one? That one cracked me up so much. No, that if you that play one. the game if you play the game endlessly without uh pausing or like shutting the game off, your character will stop rendering and you become a cube. A cube that's, that's so moving cool. around. Yes. You become Cubert. <laughs> yeah, you become Cubert and you're like swinging around and it's a cube. Oh, <laughs> so it's no. like it's like it's insane. I'm like what did Insomniac was was Insomniac rushed? put this out because Sony first party they put out nothing and they were like we said it was 2023 and Sony usually hustles it's like did they need an extra like polish pass but then I hear this wasn't the problem during because all these issues would have come out in the day zero patch like what's in the disc before the day one patch usually day one patch is like what when they give people review codes be like hey just so you know your game might behave weird that's this is what the day one patch is supposed to fix so just keep that in mind when you're writing your reviews and things like that some people like take that into account some people still slam the game however like they're proud of this but the day one patch is like what created that and then you're like this it feels weird that in many of the reviews that i read this didn't come up and then me talking with gene park he told us like that this was not there the digital foundry guys that saw the uh that, that got to experience and review the game from a tech perspective at the beginning, they were like, that wasn't a problem during the day one. It's like, something happened. And that's so weird that this is now joins three games that apparently the review environment was different from launch. That was, uh, or the, the review environment was actually better than what launched that. Cyberpunk was that, actually in the, on PC. Yeah. The launch version before the day one patch was actually much smoother. Uh, Elden Ring on PC smooth like day zero patch day one patch messed up the pc version and now spider-man it's like it's so weird and it's unfortunate this had to happen to this game because it's like the quality that they were aiming for was significantly higher than what they they did before how does the day one patch mess you up i have no idea about Tanya you decide hopefully by this time i haven't played it since i platinum it i kind of want to do it again but i'm waiting for new game plus i kind of want to see if patch really fixed things and like cleaned everything everything so that maybe I can see like what an entirely clean experience can be like because it's like there's so much goodness we haven't even touched upon that just yeah, like oh for sure not tend it over act two <laughs> unless you had something no, else no, to say. no I I was just gonna say um no mm -hmm. man it's it, it, you know everyone had various experiences mm -hmm. with the game I had a premium experience because mm -hmm. I didn't have any of those bugs but yeah yeah jealous I, 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 yeah. super jealous mm -hmm. I, I hate it for people who um mm -hmm. you know like yourself that did had, did experience all that but um as a result like my i can only review and, and what you experience yeah, yeah what what i and seen. you're entirely valid like yeah. that was your experience I, I always tell people it's like you gotta take their word that's how they experience it and yeah. i believe you it's like i have the proof 
<laughs> I have to prove it. what happened to me. So it's like, no one can tell me that I was wrong at seeing the things that I was looking at. <laughs> so, no, so what you know. describe as your PlayStation experience with um, um, Spider-Man is what's my Starfield experience. Because like, yeah. Starfield was buggy mm-hmm. as hell for me. Exactly. And, so Yeah, so it, it was, um, it, yeah, it's just one of those things to where, like, you know, it's it just happens in gaming, I guess. we. Yeah, it's Russian, roulette, it's Russian roulette, I tell you. And even, like, for example, recently, I reviewed Alan Wake 2 pristine experience i was hearing the bitcast the season gaming bitcast that hogle on travis had issues i was like that didn't happen to me so again russian roulette i hate that it was spider-man the game that i expect the utmost polish from all the time that's the one that i got screwed on yeah but think about it this way people i still gave it a nine look i think how much how i like the game all <laughs> so, right alejandro you want to take act two for us absolutely act two Peter then begins to act erratic and brash, with a growing sense of anger and violence. He also starts to change his mind about giving the suit back to Harry, despite Harry revealing he will die of his disease without it. Eventually, Peter even becomes somewhat feral attacking Miles and Mary Jane, amazing sequence by the way. Mm -hmm. This results in Miles being kidnapped by Craven and forced to fight Martin Lee, who enters Miles' mind and learns about his past. Miles eventually saves Martin Lee, throwing him out of the arena and telling him to get Spider-Man for help. Peter, somewhat begrudgingly, finds, finds Miles' location and goes to save him. After a confrontation with Craven, Miles has to take on Peter, who is convinced that Miles wants the suit for himself. They then fight, with Miles eventually doing enough damage and with the sound of a bell, is able to help Peter separate himself from the parasite. I want to kind of stop there because a lot yeah, happens in, in, in those sections. It's like Peter, like Peter falling asleep and the suit going feral and you getting to see it from this outside perspective incredible sequence especially because we didn't even mention it uh in the uh, in, in also the act one is like this is the second of three mj se- sequences which mm-hmm. it's where we it's where like they have made mj still like a stealth character but her sequences like they justify that apparently when she wasn't some character she got training so she's like john wick now she can like she, she, she can just handle everyone and there's this amazing to be like imagine you've been trained for years by an assassin like Craven being bested by someone that works from home, like MJ. <laughs> hey, Silver like, Sable was training yeah. that woman. Oh yes, and uh, in those sequences when MJ sequences before, I was like, oh goddamn! I was like, here comes the slowness because you gotta resolve some weird puzzle, walk really slow. Uh, MJ is snappy, like you, you, you feel like the offensive more, and her sequences always dovetail into like really amazing turning points. Mm-hmm. The first one was when. After her sequence, that's when Peter and Harry arrive where she is, and that's when they fight Craven, and Peter dies. And then the second sequence is you, like, basically playing Resident Evil, and uh, seeing, like, what the feral, out-of-control, like, the uh, symbiote Spider-Man is like. And you, like, seeing her, like, going into a tunnel trying to, like, help, help him see that Peter is not in control, and you have to escape from that monster. It's, like, such a... Like, I feel they really worked. That really worked, and it's showing you what it's like to you not being in control. Oh, that suit, and that was, and that was there. You and, know what uh, it reminded me of, by the way, because uh-huh. uh, like when you when you play as Mary Jane and you're in that tunnel, it reminds me of um, the Rat King. Yeah, from, yep. from, yeah, from, from Last of Us Part Two. Last yep. of Us Part Two. I was just like, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it reminded me of. I'm like, oh, I love this. I, and you know me, I'm not even a horror guy, but like mm-hmm. I love that moment of suspense to where I'm like, oh snap, like this is like it's a turning point like we are legitimately in danger here mm-hmm. no and they and they work that perfectly and it's kind of like what i mentioned that the moment you get that suit onwards mm-hmm. is where i went from liking the game i was like yes i'm enjoying this but 
suit comes into Peter, like everything from a story perspective and gameplay perspective, everything starts like rising up a notch. Even like so, even some like uh, some scenarios uh, uh, when like Peter has to interact with the freaking tiger, I was laughing hysterically mm -hmm. because it was like sh shockingly, this is a Spider-Man game where you don't laugh too much at Peter's one-liners like you usually do, but he gets funny when he gets the black suit like immediately like early on like there, there's like some fun scenarios but then like he starts like becoming a big jerk which be from a story perspective i was rolling my eyes because like yep this is like tried and true symbiote story peter like eventually starts like uh becoming too much of a jerk and like you get a little bit of bully mcguire from this but obviously definitely not dancing that would have yeah, been funny but definitely not definitely we didn't get the, a dance number but uh I did enjoy like some like unsettling moments like uh during this fight during this around this time was when you fight a lizard and like that lizard fight was amazing which by Absolutely the way amazing. the boss fights on this game all of them improvements from the first game oh, I love yeah. yes like legitimately it's like I enjoy that you needed to do more to to be them I enjoy that they have health now they feel like legit bosses because before, uh, since the other boss fights from 2018, all, uh, none of them had boss fights. They all like devolved into the same circle, do web attack, rinse and repeat. And technically you could still do that, but you feel like using your entire arsenal feels like more vital. And you felt it more here, like when you're fighting Lizard, when you're fighting Craven, and then when the perspective shifts and you're fighting Peter as Miles. Like at that point, the, the battle between both Spider-Mans after the Craven is like, I think that may be like my personal favorite like boss fight like from NMO uh, other than the final one which the final one's amazing but like from like that tries like I feel they do so much in merging the story importance and like the the emotions of the apprentice taking on a, on the master and him potentially losing his master and like all the grievances being aired and all that is like there's such a cool fight that took that 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 led us to to the eventual sequence that yes the suit is finally out Peter is back to being normal and. All of that section is like, from that point on, where I feel like the pace just get, just started ramping up and ramping up and ramping up, and even what's coming in here, like, I'm gonna really emphasize for that. Uh, Hold on, so, because I know we we skirted over a lot uh, of a lot of things. I also want to shout out the the big major pure sequence because this happened around this time, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's like yeah, which one where you're chasing down the lizard. Oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're chasing down the lizard and like you and Mouse are both like hunters are after the uh -huh. lizard. They're also hunting after you and like it's yeah. the showcase demo. It's basically it if you is. watch the PlayStation Showcase for Maze, like that entire sequence was in the game. Though funny enough, with more of a slowdown in the switch up between characters, because when you're switching out of Peter, uh, Miles is having a conversation with Haley, her her fawn deaf girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, which were in, whereas in the game when you switched Spider-Man's, like he was already ready to like keep on going. So I was like, huh, interesting. So the demo really caught that entire middle section. I didn't mind because I love I love Miles so much. I love him interacting with everyone from his world, uh, at least from that perspective, not just relegated to side stuff. And how they dovetail between both Spider-Mans. You go into that warehouse, finding the lizard, and then like them oh, doing the Yankee. amazing chase. Yeah, the Genki joining in with the with the big robot. You're both pursuing the uh, like that when lizard is just swimming away and all the hunters are there and you're like pursuing them and you're doing kind of like an, an equivalent of the uncharted uh caravan it, that's basically the uncharted caravan sequence like put into this game more impressive in this game because it's like there's an entire open world being rendered around you that's still like happening that you could easily fly on and they're able to like keep that 
tightness of a set piece in that doesn't get enough credit of how like how they were able to pull that off. And not only in that sequence, how like there's a part two when it's like just Peter and that's when you fight the bigger lizard. And that even like you're like pursuing it through the through, through the city, and then you're like even surfing through a through a building as you, as you're like trying to like web your way around it. It's like there's like so many the spectacle of this game like really rose up a notch. Oh, it really? Did. It's, yeah, they they really rose up a notch. Like how expected a sequel for them to go? Like as someone that learned the learned their lessons from the first game, like got their feet wet, and they they grew grew confident on that. That entire se- uh, lizard sequence was great. Especially like how it dovetail afterwards to you curing Lizard and then having the conversation with Connors. That's how we learned where the symbiote came from, finding the meteor, and uh, us getting the version of how Connors lost, lost his, his arm. arm? Yeah, and I was like, I was like, that's cool that they tied all of this together because from what I understand, uh, Connors losing his arm that was like a military thing, but random. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in this one they tied it to him like investigating like everything tying it back to Harry. And like the Oscorp trying to find a cure for Harry. That's how they found it. And that's how he lost his arm there. <laughs> so. And it also ties it back to Norman, too. Like, mm-hmm. It's like all Norman's creating a lot of these villains around New York. Yeah. You know, like. And it's so funny how Norman is so low key in this game compared to the first game. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. he's there. It's like, obviously, like the focus is more on his son, but it's like, as to how big of a focus he had, is like how much his presence and impact is still felt throughout the game, even though he's like more even more of a supporting, like, minimal supporting role in this game compared to how vital he was to everything that was happening to that drove Lee and Dr. Octopus to do what they did oh, yeah. in the first game. It's, uh, so, it's, so it's so funny. I, was, I like that because I'm like, of course we're going to get more Norman in the th- third game. I think we need... The story would have felt even more bloated if he, ha- if he had more of a role. I feel the, the minimal role that Norman played in this game actually worked. Perfect. Considering Perfect. everything that was there because it's like, yeah, save it. We know, like, we're going to get more of him later. <laughs> and we're definitely going to talk about that. But, but yeah, and that was around the time where Spider-Man was, like, when he talked to Connors and where the origin of this was. And, and Connors was like, we got to get that suit up because we got to give it back to Harris. Like, that. no, uh, this makes me a better Spider-Man. We are a better Spider-Man. Like, mm-hmm. using the, kind of like, that's a, that, that was the moment where I was like, I like that manic. Like, kind of like, it's like the unsettling nature of what the symbiote is doing for Peter is what I love about the symbiote story more than him just screaming. And being angry at the time when he was just screaming later like at the tail end before like he was gonna rip it out i was like yeah this is a little too try hard for my taste even though it's well acted but i found it more unsettling when it was like more subtle the anger was more subtle mm-hmm. uh because i feel like a jury lawntel plays that really well when it's like something like that i was like nah it's like a little too much it's like i'm, I'm not buying it i'm not i'm not quite buying it <laughs> so and you know, like it, I love like the inclusion of Yuri mm-hmm. and on all that because it is almost modeling the main story. Like mm-hmm. it is that that thing of like how far do you take revenge or or justice yeah. into your own hands as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like I love how all every side quest in this game mirrors what's going on in the main quest, and that's why they're vital. Yeah. It's like why they improved a lot from the 2018 of how vital it feels that you gotta be like so much sequel bait in those side in that side activity and also so many cool moments in the side activities like mysterio oh yes mysterious yeah mysterious in this game that's where we get the challenges uh the combat challenges that you remember from taskmaster Mm -hmm. uh, from the from the last game but the payoff is a really visually evocative boss fight so like uh it's it's, it's like really good so uh, anything else you want to say before i continue no go ahead yeah go ahead 
After Peter removes the symbiote, he travels to Dr. Connors with the entity being trapped in a containment jar to figure out what to do next. However, when arriving at the lab, he and Connors are interrupted by a dying Harry. Harry claims Peter isn't willing to save him by giving him the symbiote. The alien is then able to break out of its containment and rebond with Harry. We then see Harry become the classic version of Venom, who quickly disposes of Spider-Man and then runs rampant through Oscorp, with the player controlling him. Venom then jumps to the middle of Times Square, continuing to cause havoc. It's then that Craven jumps in, feeling he has discovered his match, the being who will give him the death he seeks. Let's stop Venom here. Is, Let's stop yes. here. What did you think it, of that Opscorp destruction? Be oh like? no, it, it's like uh, the the, the surprise. Yes, it was like become a, it became a Hulk game, and them keeping this a surprise that at least you were gonna have a sequence that you played as Venom. This is top three moment of the year for me because it was like just how amazing a transition. You're like, oh crap, Venom is here! Holy crap, we're gonna control him! Holy crap, how violent is this? You're like snapping people in half, like biting the necks out, and it just keeps getting more and more and more intense. The fight you have with Craven and Times Square is so visually intense oh, cool. to the point that then like how you like how he deals with him, like he like just bites the face off of, of Craven. In, su in such a like intense handoff, I was like, "Yep, this like this is the venom I wanted." This is like they really like nailed the intensity of this, and uh, and again, just knowing that Harry's inside there, the mm. connection you have to him is like, "My best friend's trapped there. This monster has overtaken my best friend, and he has the same ideas." When we're both saying we're gonna heal the world, and what that means, it's like it's like that's what to me that's what adds the weight to this venom more than any other venom story. It because twists Eddie, your inhibitions. Yeah. Yes, he just twisted it, and uh, and and, and you, you just makes him so imposing. You're like, holy crap, how are we gonna deal with this? And especially like how he then like just comes in like a wrecking ball and what he does to New York afterwards. It's like just a that venom sequence. Uh, that venom sequence. I was I had a huge smile on my face that entire time, and I was so disappointed we didn't have more sequences where you could play as him. They gave him an entire character kit where you're even trained how to use it, and I'm like, I wish they could have like I said teaster egg like let me play as venom like just roam around and see what it's like since we haven't had a venom a controllable venom in like a big spider-man game since 20 it's in 2005's ultimate spider-man the and the amazing trailer came from the ps2 so it's been that long since we had playable venom that feels like this like like, like true venom like monstrous venom because spider-man friend of doesn't count marvel ultimate alliance doesn't count uh, Marvel's uh, Midnight Suns, where you can kind of play as Venom, doesn't count. Like at yeah. least how you see, how you expect it. Like that they nail that, and I feel like, yep, yeah, it's like if they ever want to, for some reason, they 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 now take on the Avengers now, and they want to do the character. At least they got the prototype for Hulk now. Yeah, really. With, do. With, yeah, with this with this Venom, and I I wouldn't mind it because I I felt it worked so well. It's like that was such a high energy sequence that uh, to uh. It's not my favorite sequence of the year because I feel sequences from Final Fantasy 16 and a specific sequence from Alan Wake 2 are like some of my favorites for the year, but it's up there. It's like that Venom sequence, like totally up there. It's like I was glad that because I had two things spoiled for this game, and I'm gonna say what those spoilers were when we're done. Yeah. That was not one of them, and I was like, thank God, because that's always my fear. It's like I love surprises, and that was like I should have seen it coming, of course, but it's like it's still really great that that happened. I, it was so so great and then all those cheeky tweets of like yeah uh do you want to do like a standalone venom game uh we don't know we want to see what the response is from fans i'm like you bastards you you guys knew what you were doing with that they so, gave you a taste they gave, yes, they gave taste. us a date and, and now that taste i'm like yeah if you're gonna give me a mouse style venom game 
give it to me. I I believe in you. <laughs> so, uh, you uh, check finish it up with Act yeah. Two. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. So Venom is able to overpower Kraven, and Kraven, knowing he's defeated, thanks to uh, thanks the symbiote. Venom then bites Kraven's head off. Harry then has a very minor crisis of conscience about this and goes to his to his dead mother's grave to seek guidance. It's here that the Venom symbiote mimics the voice of his mother, further corrupting Harry into believing that by creating a world infested with symbiotes, he will finally be able to heal the world. Peter discovers that Venom is changing civilians into symbiotes. He eventually is pulled away though, as after calling Mary Jane, who is back at his house, he sees Harry with her with her over a video call. Once he arrives, and after a small altercation with Harry, he watches on in horror as Venom attaches a symbiote to Mary Jane, who becomes the Marvel villain, Scream. Another moment that I could not believe they were able to like keep hidden and pull off. And oh, sure. this was this was also an equal level to that Miles and Peter battle because it's like it's not only a cool boss fight that's really hard because like is. Peter is Peter is so weak in comparison to uh, to fight it to to fighting Scream like MJ Scream but the things Scream was saying to him that built so much and said so much about MJ's internal struggles like what has really that relationship has been for them as like he's been trying to hold whole of them together as Peter is like struggling to find a job and all and that kind of like coming out of frustration is like such an amazing mix of story and intense boss fight this is oh, one yeah. of the few that I died on I I, I did die with the, uh, at this boss fight because it's like again like in a way that actually works like you really feel how much you miss the symbiote after you lose it with Peter and then having to deal with the symbiote with the symbiotes again you're like crap it's like Peter's really like he's struggling here like trying to beat this like obviously the uh, the concussion bomb, uh, bomb, like earning the sonic thing that helps you to at least like stun those symbiotes. Yeah, helps helps a lot. But it's like, yes, it, you feel it, and I feel the the game really lets you feel the absence of how overpowered you were with the symbiote, like for a few sequences. And this scream section was really good with that. And it just like, it feels from an emotional loss. It's like, this is where like, if I feel the pacing, like what already had caught up by the time we played as Venom, scream happening was like. Holy crap! This is insane. This is like this. I was not expecting this. Is so cool. So we're gonna... I wanna I wanna bounce back a little bit and and say that like I wanna go back to the Times Square thing, the Times Square fight, um, mm -hmm. where you are playing as Venom and you are fighting Craven. That mm -hmm. is one of the moments where I'm like, this is where we finally get to see Craven like actually flex a little bit. And I know you're uh -huh. not like big on this adaptation uh -huh. of Craven and the way they they portrayed him, but like mm -hmm. I will say. Craven is a bad motherfucker to wear like yeah he wear like in a system this was my no I love that it, this is why I was like yeah from a story perspective I didn't it was like he was very surface level I love how hard he went on just trying to get like beaten by Venom and just like that was such a desire and I feel like this was a great ending to to his character in oh, yeah. such a in such a great like passing of the baton because again like with Martin Lee in the last game it's like he was such an important piece of the story but then here is relegated to like side character when when Doctor Octopus and the Sinister Six kind of like take like take over mm -hmm. that I feel is like yeah I was like I'm kind of glad he got killed because it's such an there was such a badass way to like pass the baton to like now who's the big villain of the uh, to, to this game that's such a cool moment i like that i i do like that moment but i also like i like it for two reasons one is because like craven won essentially like uh -huh. everything that he did and everything he was trying to do he won he got mm -hmm. what he wanted in the end yeah 
And I'm like, he wanted an equal who can kill him and relieve him from not having to die of cancer, but instead, uh -huh. like, die as a warrior's death on the battlefield. And he got mm -hmm. what he wanted. He pushed everyone to the brink to where he created a, a monster enough, bad enough to kill him. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. I'm like, I also love the fact that Craven is such a badass that he couldn't be killed from anything from Earth. This man yeah. had to be killed from an alien. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's why I say, like, from a story conceit, he's so simple, but the things that happen in the story from a gameplay perspective and just moment to moment are really cool and makes up for the fact that from a story perspective, I don't learn much I didn't learn much from him compared to Lee in the similar time section in the game. But it's like those moments are so cool because within that moment, that's where we got Lizard. Then in the moment, that's where he like got the symbiote, took the symbiote out. And even within that is where we got his final stand against Venom. It's like at the very least, like from a story perspective, not much there, but what he was enabling for other stories around there. Good catalyst. Oh, like yeah. it, it, it's just a good catalyst. It's just not much, not a good central focus for a villain. But I as a catalyst, I'll take it. So. I do think we like I I do think and this is kind of like leaning towards one of our um our listener questions that we'll talk about later mm -hmm. but like I do think it would have been better served if we got to see Craven off like you said off one of the off all these characters off, that, yes that because it's like a, because it's at least like the the threat is maximized even more mm -hmm. so it's almost like you know like they say the best story is show not tell Mm -hmm. And and that part we got to see, we got to hear about how imposing Craven was, mm -hmm. but we never got to see it firsthand. Yeah, exactly. I feel there was a a better middle spot that could have shown that. It's like a, I was shocked when I saw that. God damn it! He also off the bolter and shocker. Yeah, I, that and, was really shocking. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. At least in those in the specific er areas, uh, because it was like it was so shocking and effective seeing Scorpion get off like he did. Cutting his mm -hmm. tail off and ki getting killed with his own tail. So, this also, is so badass. I, I, I do want to ask you something because, like, this isn't something that was in the native game, but it was something I noticed, like, as I was playing. I think he did he kill Rhino as well. It's so interesting. We're going to get into interesting, like, glitchy spoilers here because apparently people can glitch into his manor and find the face of Rhino hanging behind, like, his yeah. throne. But because we never saw it in a cutscene or in official gameplay, I am going to believe that was just an Easter egg or an idea that they walked back. That they didn't want to kill the entirety of the Sinister Six like they did. So... I was wondering, because I'm like, yeah. I, I saw the, like, I, I saw it behind his throne. And uh -huh. I was just like, oh is this like supposed to is this really him like did he kill rhino what happened yeah like when do you see it do you see it in the cutscene or do you see it in the glitchy thing that's that people like I, glitch into the level to see I like didn't, i didn't experience any glitches like other than that yeah. that mouth the mouth glitch we talked about yeah like, so and there's just some people that were breaking the game that they clipped through the geometry to enter a place they were not supposed to enter and through the photo mode that you can kind of like move around they glitched into uh oh, wow. in, into craven into craven's uh a like place where loft. he used uh, his loft and only throughout you could see like the face of rhino but the, the fact that you could only find that and you could never really see it from like an official cutscene or an official moment where you're playing unless i missed it because this yeah. is how I, how I found out about it uh i want to believe that that was probably the intention and then you know how sometimes the game development switches and sometimes some things are left in despite like changes have happened so mm -hmm. i am gonna until told otherwise because it wasn't if he was the only one of the Sinister Six that we're not directly told was killed. 
So, because we were not told that way, as we got told of Vulture and Shocker, that I would say sense. my I would say my boy Rhino made it. <laughs> so. Yeah, your boy Rhino. Are you a Rhino <laughs> fan like that? <laughs> hey, I enjoyed his boss fight in Miles. <laughs> so. I, I feel you. I feel you. I, I, I need at least one of those to survive. This poor fox. <laughs> yeah, they got absolutely slaughtered, man. Oh, yeah. But no, oh, yeah. like I, I was. That's what I was curious about. But um, mm -hmm. so you finished Act Two? Are you? Yeah. Oh, there's still more. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, there's still, yeah, I'm going to finish Act 2. So, after a lengthy boss battle, Peter is able to save Mary Jane from Scream. He then goes about tracking down Venom and eventually finds him in a bank. He and Miles try to clear out the aliens but are eventually overrun, with Peter having laden remnants of the symbiote activated in him. It's then that Martin Lee arrives and attempts to help Miles by entering into Peter's mind to push out the remnants of the symbiote. Once, they, once inside, Miles and Lee travel through Peter's troubled mind, and after alterations with ver altercations with various villains from Peter's past, Love they it. fight the source of the infection. Lee realizes in order to save Pete, he needs to transfer all of his power into the symbiote. He does this as Miles holds off all, uh, all the symbiote attackers. They are both successful and save Peter's life. The transfer of Lee's powers transforms the symbiote inside Peter Parker into anti-venom power, giving him a white symbiote suit. Lee then leaves powerless and promises to remember who he is and do good and do good in the world uh anti-venom was one of the things i got spoiled um oh really i didn't but i, didn't, but I was really yeah but I yes uh here's the thing i absolutely loved how all this entire sequence played out because it's like going into inside peter's mind and getting to like witness like his inner struggles like that from miles perspective uh, as as short change as I feel Miles was from mainline story, uh -huh. I do love the through his eyes we're witnessing like a tried and true story with interesting perspective from him and him getting to see like the things that are eating at him, uh, at at his mentor that he was kind of dealing with as he was dealing with his hatred with Lee was a really cool way for those two arcs to kind of really intersect into, oh, in, into each other and like the the theme of second chances and redemption starts like bearing fruit. With this game, because it's like the the whole idea of like uh, taking advantage of your second chance is like was seated all the way since Harry starts. Like because that's kind of like a him like recovering from his de de uh, degenerative disease and him starting the May the May Foundation was kind of like the uh, he gets the idea a of like chance of he gets a second chance. And there's so much about second chances in life in this in in this game. Martin Lee gets his second chance. Like Miles, uh, not fully forgives, but decides to move on from like his hatred to provide that second chance for Lee to prove that he can change and him move on and become a better hero. And P and Peter like overcome his insecurities to find a, a second chance at not only just personal redemption for his failures, but being able to save others when he can't, when he usually can't. And from saving MJ as one of his first steps, which she becomes Scream, mm -hmm. I like that the second chance opportunity and redemption, then it's like, pull through for for the entirety of the game that i feel that's like what well, this was one of the moments that actually got slightly teared up it, 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 like teary up like it was like it felt very cathartic that to me i didn't care that i got spoiled of the anti-venom uh that period became the anti-venom thing because one i was like when i read that spoiler i saw it i was like yeah i can see this is how they're gonna i can't imagine this is how they want to justify you still doing upgrades that you upgraded so yeah. you can keep you can keep using. So I, I thought about it from a gameplay perspective. So it didn't bother me, but from a story perspective, I felt they did it so excellent. It, it was so excellent. It's so hype seeing uh see, seeing kind of like that uh, you being having that white suit is like an element of you are carrying with you a memento of a villain's redemption in Martin Lee and how powerful that was. And you 
getting the power to really overtake the symbiotes. I really loved playing as the Anti-Venom, even though I hated the suit and had to change it immediately. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to talk about hated suits in a little bit because... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have a few. Uh, I got it. Yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah. I like some of these. Oh, yes. Um, so... Anything else you want to say before we move to Act Three? Yeah, I, I, I concur with all all, all mm -hmm. you said. No, no um, bounce backs or arguments from me there. I yeah. I do love the the metaphors and the themes you you like you you brushed yeah. up on, like because it is that theme of like mm -hmm. redemption of second chances of like mm -hmm. putting past behind you so that you can move forward, not necessarily your you mm -hmm. not necessarily opposition as well, because like it, it, that was almost like a crux for Mouse of like. Mm -hmm that was a weight on his shoulders that i have to i want redemption i've written that necessarily mm -hmm. redemption but revenge on this person so much mm -hmm. it's to my own detriment and yeah. it's a story that playstation loves telling because i'm like it's yeah redemption so yeah yeah redemption is a lot in that is like especially in part two where so many people uh say that it's just a game about a petty revenge story i'm like you missed the point no, if you sure. think that's if you yeah, and usually people say that because they just hate the idea of playing as Abby so much and how much a redemption plays in that area. You don't have to like her. You don't have to fully accept that she was in the right or that bad. You have to accept that at least she's like at trying to make amends for like what clearly is eating at her that that wasn't the uh, that, that 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 didn't bring him the coupons that she thought it was gonna she was gonna get. Yeah, uh, by, by, exe thing. by executing. Yeah. And the same thing with um with um um dang now I'm blanked on her name um main girl, um, main girl uh Ellie Ellie yeah the same yeah. thing with mm -hmm. Ellie when she finally lets go of, of mm -hmm. revenge that's been eaten at her a little too mm -hmm. late but you know yeah like, exactly go. and 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 the game actually uh emphasized that it's like the consequence of letting that consume you to a point that then it's like when you realize it's too late you've lost everything that's why that game is such a punch Master in the gut game. I love yeah, it so, I love it it's, yeah so but to, the depressing to talk, depressing that it but, is <laughs> but to bring this back to spider-man i was like uh -huh. that's, so those same themes are, are circled here and then like yeah. when you see the development i love the development of martin lee here where mm -hmm. like he yeah. was that villain that you hated in the first game and, met, and he was marginalized uh yeah. I, you know like throughout the middle part just like we spoke on before but yeah, like, later part later part because he was a focus of the middle part <laughs> yeah for sure for sure mm -hmm. so i'm like but like to see how he comes full circle and not just because like he has a change of heart and he's mm -hmm. trying to change from the get-go but because yeah. he knows who miles is because he yeah. learns miles identity and he knows how that's what switches that because yeah. he had a death wish. Like if you if you notice with Lee, when he's been transferred, he gets captured. Like he has a death wish. He's like, yeah, yeah. because I got screwed. It's like uh, him figuring out why Miles like hates him so much and figuring that out and that planting a seed for him to like. The thing that I love the most is this is why I love him so much as a villain in 2018 was that uh, the persona he had uh, when people knew him in Feast that was mm -hmm. not a that, that that was not just fakeness. No. That was inherently part of him. He believed in good. It's just that he was consumed by his revenge to Norman Osborn that that erased a lot of like, the good that he did. And and, and this is why I feel like Martin Lee has some of the, one of the best character arts from like, both games that they would fully complete his character. Because it's like, this circles back to remind you, it's like, yeah, he did unforgivable things, but an inherent goodness that the inherently good man that founded Feast has always been there. And it took him to seeing like what revenge, someone that hated it like hated what he did painted like what revenge could do to a person and they both came into that like common understanding even if it was not for forgiveness and 
as much as I threw, uh, uh, Redemption has been like a theme in recent for, uh, Sony first party titles, and yeah, I, I can criticize some being like some games are just copying design things from each other. When it comes to story and theme, like I am not gonna get tired of seeing them deal with redemption. Yeah. This is like the kind of this is the kind of story that always needs to be tell people. It's like redemption. Oh, it's yeah. like this is biblical. Look, like redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> and even play on that further, it's like, you, um, do you remember how Martin Lee got his powers? Yeah, he got experimented on by by but, Norman Osborn, and his huh? parents died as a result of that. Uh -huh. and, and Martin Lee ended up taking Miles's parent, and mm -hmm. and just that and like they don't hammer it in. They don't hammer in the that that that, that circle moment, that full circle moment of uh -huh. like Martin Lee knowing that he did the same thing that that he was wanting revenge for. Uh -huh. He took that moment. They don't hammer that in, but you see it in his eyes that realization yeah. that I did that to someone else when I wanted revenge for that same thing being done to me. And I love subtlety like yeah. that. I don't like like when uh, when themes can be like uh so obviously this that you've been sledgehammered in the, in, in in the head to like mm -hmm. to, to really drive the point which I do feel that Last of Us Part Two is a little sledgehammery in some themes that it was trying to do, yeah. but it, it hit the most in the subtleties. And I'm, I'm glad that that point that you mentioned is like that what connects both of those characters, not something that's clearly told, but it's something that can click in your mind just by seeing like how Lee reacts when he figures out why. When he Miles was there, why, yeah. you, uh, why he hates him so much. And I'm like, uh, man, that's something a lot of people probably are going to miss. But like, uh, that is something that like that character development that you talked about is like so good in this game. Mm -hmm. yeah. And oh, and this is why right now we're in the period at the point where I love all of this. Uh -huh. And in fact, since from black suit, getting the black suit onwards, like this is the moment where I love this game. You're not gonna hear much me, much of me, like they said, because this is the moment where I was like, this is what, oh, this is what made the game for me. That even made me be like, okay, I see even some of the questionable parts from early that I wasn't too keen on. I'm, I'm seeing the pay, the I'm seeing it all paid off. That I'm like, yeah, I overall like this. Uh, Act I'm three, a, Sebastian. Yeah. I, uh, before we move on to Act three, I will say like the um, like the first two arcs, and the reason why I think I like this game so much in, in the first two arcs is because like the character development and the story they're telling and the way they use. I don't think they. I don't think any other game in the last two to three years have used side characters better than than marvel spider-man 2 at this point because like the way like uh, re uh, we haven't even talked about reho man yeah rio morales yeah oh my god relegated like, to re re relegated to a really cool side quests with the museum things like that it's a really cool side quest but like the the impact that she has on on not just like mouths but like the way that she like the way it, she commands every scene she's in every mm -hmm. scene she's in like she you she's always in the right she's always the moral compass but she's always that that character to where i'm like i see all the expressions on her face but and i feel everything she wants me to feel in this i don't i don't think there's almost like i and this is peter's story we we mm -hmm. both with matt with miles like accented in i just i don't think there's a better illustration of a character in this in this than rio though because i'm like the way that she even like tails Matt like Peter off because like yeah. it was part of around like this act when he's going so, to look for Miles. Oh my goodness, so amazing! Yeah, uh, you mentioned something about like uh, side characters being used well. It's like um, this year I also feel like in my Final Fantasy 16 on Alan Wake 2 also uses side characters like really good. well. So, so that's that's what I'm, so it's like there's been a lot of games that have done that really well. So it's like uh, 
I don't want to say Spider-Man. It's like Spider-Man is like at least in good company for me. Yeah. It's just not like something that stands out too much because I've also been seeing it in other games that did it well. Even I dare even say that uh, even Jedi Survivor used some of his inside characters really well. So I, I, I do think. I do yeah, think especially if you're 100 percent it. So I'm glad that, that they've been taken seriously because at least when you consider side characters in the 2018 game, uh, Spider-Man 2 does it better. That's yeah. a, that's the one area where I feel like they they really improved on the importance of the side stuff. And I, even even in, as the side stuff merges into the main in, into the main story at times. So. Uh, the reason why uh, the reason why I said I think like this is like, and I don't mean to bash any other game. I don't want to like yeah. slide. This is more like your experience. I mean, it's just yeah. the same that I've also seen other games that you really use side characters well. So. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I played Baldur's Gate three, and I'm like, that's probably the king of exactly. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> but, still like, gotta play it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I, I when I'm playing Spider-Man two, um, when I experienced everything, it's like the way Riho is portrayed, the way Genki comes across as a realistic character with realistic motivations, especially when like you rescue him from the train. And mm-hmm. like he starts yeah. like doing the the mouth vomit of like, oh, uh-huh. man, I'm seeing this girl like I I yeah. used to be in love with her. I I'm sorry I haven't told you. And I'm like, yeah. man, it's like I love it's such a great guy, such great character motivation. Like it's just if that this is uh, this is the thing that PlayStation does well. Like interpersonal that that interactions between characters like yours are just so well done. No, no one makes them makes it like them. And no even one. the podcast, man. Yeah. Like oh my goodness to see like um I can't remember. Danica. The- Danica, like the, her, her, the way she like idolizes these two, like the mm-hmm. way she looks at them as like the beacon of hope for New York, and the, how yeah. that slowly eats away as you're playing through the main quest. Yeah, it's just like start criticizing Black Suit Spider Man. It's really cool. I feel it's like yeah. it's it's really interesting. It's like it's really interesting, like downward, at uh, uh, that downward, uh, that down, downward trajectory in sentiment, on, 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 on like, er, like the more you keep playing as far as like the more concern. She's like, like she she starts like spouting in her in her podcast that mirrored a lot of like the typical J. J. Jonah Jameson That's bashing. That's exactly what I was about so to say. The cynicism. So, uh, so it was like, oh man, it's like it's actually it's like the polar opposite of this podcast. It's like it's like devolving. It's like it's interesting. And then obviously when the big thing changes in the city in the mm-hmm. in the later thirds, like how solemn everything becomes. Like from both those podcasts when <laughs> they when the entire shit hits the fan. Yeah. So. And it, it it gets to that point to where I'm like I I love that writing I love that character mm-hmm. development and I love the way like if it, you know like we were not talking about it yet but like if they made her into a villain it mm-hmm. would be a really cool arc to to where you got to see in the third game that is yeah you mm-hmm. would get to see her spiral into villainy it's yeah. from beginning to the end and you and I'm like it would almost be like. I would almost challenge you when to find a better well-written arc around three games, <laughs> you know, at that <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. So okay. you ready? Yeah, you ready for Act Three? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Sorry, um, I went long there. Um, here yeah. we go. Act Three. Peter then tracks Venom into an Oscorp lab where a spiral meteorite, which landed with Venom, and, and which appears to be the source of a lot of his power, is kept. This becomes an object of obsession for Venom, who breaks into the lab and confronts Norman Osborn. Norman asks for Venom to return to uh, return Harry, to which Venom says, we are, we your, son. are your son. Yeah, that was so cool, man. That was really <laughs> cool. 
He then explains he is healthy and strong and everything Norman ever wanted. Peter then turns up to save Norman. While he does, Venom gets both pieces of the meteorite and joins them together before escaping. Connor then reveals to Peter that he can still stop Venom, but he'll have to kill Harry to do so. Norman Osborn then walks over and asks Peter to save his son. Uh, and moment, yeah, another spoiler that I had read was Harry dies, which when I read it, I rolled my eyes because I was like, of course, when do I when do I read a Spider-Man or see a Spider-Man something? And that doesn't happen to Harry. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at how the story ended. Let's just say that after because I was like, oh, it's uh, this, the spoiler was wrong. <laughs> so. I, I'm surprised about that, too. Um, no. Then let's see. When Peter returns to the surface, he finds New York has been entirely taken over by the Venom symbiote. Very web of shadows esque, by the way. Yeah, that's why I have it here. That's yeah. why I have it here because it was like, because it's so funny because when the Venom like lifts the grave when they're like at air and he's like, we're gonna heal the world and you see that and you see that visual of like the Venom symbiote like enveloping the world. I was like, is that actually what's really happening? Is it, is it that scale? But then you when you go outside, you're like, okay, it's like I get the idea. It's like we're getting some web of shadows inspiration but it's like it's not taking over the entire city uh it's just uh, a few elements because there's some moments here in the city people are just walking around like nothing it was until this moment i was like okay no they actually did see a web of shadows and they're like we're gonna do that and we're gonna do it now in a game that's actually good yeah <laughs> because yeah. that was the thing because web of shadows is it's a fun time but it's not a good game no for <laughs> it's sure a, not. it's not a good time but i enjoy that game a lot <laughs> it's a it's a guilty pleasure type of game mm -hmm. man oh it, yeah after some it's time, super fun. It's super oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. After some time trying to save people, um, Peter tracks down where Venom is hiding. Miles asks Peter to wait a couple of minutes as Haley is in trouble. Um, by the way, since uh, you know we passed through Haley, um, before uh -huh. we get to this, Haley also had a main uh, main line. A side quest. Yeah, right, she had a side, side quest. quest where you play as her, and yeah. the way they portray her was actually really uh, I was actually it, an interesting experience of them how to try to visualize deafness through like the the, the 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 different like figures that were being painted like as that it would look like she was imagining them to try to like visualize the things that she couldn't hear. I thought that was an interesting. Uh, Inter interesting decision to portray that i would say a lot of the a, a lot of the side quests from the miles side of things i do feel like as much as i do love uh how they handle representation i feel they were pushing a little too many agendas in this game in a way that was like yeah i see some people are gonna be uh, they're gonna have a stick up their ass about this oh, yeah. i didn't mind i didn't i didn't mind it but i did see i did feel that for for me that Miles Morales in 2020 was so perfect in how like naturally uh, they did representation. It did feel a little bit more like in your face in this one. They're a little bit more showy, like the BIPOC artist and 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 all that, like the uh, the gay couple and all that. Uh, that you're you're helping them get a date. It's like a cute moment, but it's, it's it's just a little. It was a little too too more in your face in a way that where in Miles Morales they made it so perfectly in a way that it was there. And that's how it should it's be. It's just natural. It's just subtle and natural. And this one was a little bit more. And I feel like the Haley part of things kind of painted it up. But I did love her side quest. I also yeah. love her that you play as her because it was like such an interesting. Experience. It's rare that you get to play a character that's deaf. And how does that is how is that portrayed in in a game? It's like I'm glad that they put it in. So. I, I am too. I um, it makes me feel like they're gearing up for a little echo, little echo yeah. of side, <laughs> side of game. Yeah. But yeah. 
But uh, I mean, with yeah. the with the Murdoch and uh, with the Murdoch uh, kind of like tease, and you seeing you can find the hand in one of those, those one of those buildings. Like, hey, maybe it's like there's there's supposed to be many heroes that are just not here in this game. There's off in the West Coast <laughs> or yeah, somewhere. Especially with the rumor that they're making a Daredevil game, this kind of feels like yeah. they they kind of like are trying to uh, trying to get us like slow softly like mm -hmm. used to that concept but um i i sort of like the representation aspect i uh you know yeah, like i like it too it's just more like i feel like muscle morale is like seated in, in a way that was more natural well in in, in a way that some things felt more uh why i can know. imagine yeah, yeah not quite shoehorned but i feel like more in your face preaching in a way that i'm like oh, okay yeah i mean it's like that sure is gonna ruffle some feathers for the people oh, that yeah. hate it right yeah so it's like which that's why I appreciate Miles so much because it's like it's so naturally included like the importance of like the black people and the artists and the mm -hmm. the gay couple of the at, at the feast. It was like so so natural. Is that how it should be? Like just not be make it. That's why I love Last of Us. Like Last of Us it makes that so natural. It's like that's not so. It's not. It's not so. It's not pushing some people say it's pushing an agenda, but it's not. It's like they're treating people like people. Yeah. That's how it should be treated. So. So, yeah. uh, you know, I really didn't have any problems with um the mm -hmm. the representation here. I just I you know I I I guess maybe because I'm a sucker for it. I love um mm -hmm. I love that we got to see so many walk different walks of life. I mm -hmm. so before we move on to the act um three, I do want to say I did love that museum side um mission by the way, where you're yeah. hunting down like all the jazz history. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yeah. It's again because it's like and exemplifies uh, Miles as the peer as the hero of his people. Because that museum is it it was on Harlem. It's like it's it's a very Harlem thing. It's like it's reminded me most of like the successful side missions from Mos Morales in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah it, it really did. Um, act number three, we um we're we, we're still there. <laughs> we're still there, people. Um, yeah, you know, like when when Peter returns to the surface, we got to that part. Um, mm -hmm. Venom says they'd like to show Peter something before transforming uh -huh. a transferring a vision to Peter, Harry. Osborne then explains mm -hmm. he is now healed and allow and by allowing the symbiote to take over the world they can heal everyone venom then says that they need peter with them on their side mm -hmm. and then shares a brief look at the meteorite revealing its location to peter just then Miles arrives to save peter and blast a hole into in the roof and they both escape Miles, Mary Jane, and Peter Parker meet at, back at Peter's house where they devise a plan to take the meteorite and beat Venom. So, uh, did you, by the way, like, I, this kind of starts like a Mary Jane mission that might have, yeah. like, I, I actually really love this mission. Yes, I love, no, I love, that's the thing, like, everything with MJ I love in this game. Yeah, I, I said it's like, that, this, that's probably the biggest improvement from 2018 to this one, that. Uh, them figuring out a way for to make MJ like fun to play, even though not many people are like, you made her so P. Like, look at the third mission. You gave her like a Sonic thing and the guns where all the like Peter and Miles are like battling through her like to their lives, trying to beat all this like monster, and then she can just like aim and shoot and kill all of them like so quickly. It's like it's funny, but I'm like I don't care because I'm like I'm just having fun with this character now in a way that I didn't. I dread it like. Whereas in 2018, I dreaded every character switch up. I don't dread it in 2018. In yeah. fact, I actually, I actually get excited because it's like they made her sequences fun. Which, by the way, and in, in, in sometime in this part is where you get the new suit for Miles. Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about this. This hurt yeah. my soul, by the way. Yeah. 
they gave him and i like representation i just told you i understand that you wanted to suit to maybe accent his dread like his um his hair yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i did not like his blue and pink suit at all at all especially when we learned it was an adidas ad yeah that's why they put it in i'm like come on it's like if you're putting this because you had like some weird brand deal off the game to do that, don't do that. It's like that's like immersion breaking, and it's just it, it just hurts because he has so many cool looking suits. That why so is many. that? Yeah, yeah. It, why was that the one? Especially the one that turned out to be kind of like an Adidas cross marketing campaign. <laughs> so, they have they have like a really cool mouse suit that's like uh-huh. um, where he's like wearing a hoodie, so to speak. I like, love the hoodie I one. I love freaking love the hoodie one. That it, still has the texture from his normal suit. Yeah. That then, like, because you can change the colors. That's the one that I loved using the most because I love me some hoodie characters. I, I feel it just looks so cool, especially the one that is not with the cape that made it look like Batman. I like the oh, one yeah. that's just a hoodie, uh, and, and not the one that had like the, the long cape. That the reason why I bring that up is like throw some Adidas on uh, shoes on that one, and I think that would have been the perfect little Adidas ad thing at the mm-hmm. end of the game, and I wouldn't have even tripped about it. Like. I think if if the suit looked like really badass, I would have mm. I wouldn't have cared that Adidas was the one who like yeah. had the little ad in there. I don't I don't still don't care to this day. I just mm. want his suit to look badass. And the yeah, fact that that's that's, th- or more like include the Adidas thing, but not not making like the big suit change that's part of the story. Because yeah. the fact that then you know that it's a marketing ploy like takes you out of it. I don't care if it exists as an unlockable. That would be cool. Like, oh yeah, they did the. Uh, Adidas cross thing is like it's cool that you can unlock that, but the fact that it becomes like part of the story, and you know that it's a marketing brand deal is like they crossed the line there. That I'm like you shouldn't have done that, especially revealing that because on top of it looking goofy AF, um, that takes me out of it now knowing that it's an Adidas ad. <laughs> so. I just wish the the mainline suit for Mal's going forward looked better. That's all I'm like. That's yeah. all I care about right now. I hope they. I hope that it does something like yeah universally i have not seen anyone love this suit no, and i know and like, yeah so they're they're probably gonna walk that back so so yeah and then that and that leads us to basically the end act four yeah ready uh, yeah um yeah, just finish up yeah finish up the yeah. final two paragraphs of three and then we go to act four yeah, the th- the three arrive in the park. Um, um, mm-hmm. let's see. The three arrive in the park despite Ma- and despite Mary Jane running into the symbiotes inside the nest, she's able to take uh, the meteorite, and she then leaves and then goes on the run from the symbiote ho- horde with Mouse. Go ahead, really cool, Adam. yeah, really cool moment of seeing all this like this the World War Z style like um, oh, yeah. <laughs> a- 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 amount of uh, symbiotes pursuing them, and she going using the motorcycle and like. Uh, obviously, early early on, she had an Akira fail in the in the tunnels, and someone did also make the funny uh, observation: Why is she like riding a motorcycle with those shoes? She does have like these very teacher-like shoes on. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's so weird when she, uh, they could have put her in boots, like 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 knee-high boots. I don't know why they didn't put it. So it makes it makes it look kind of goofy in a way because you know that some people like. When they ride motorcycles, they need sturdier shoes. So that was just kind of like a little detail. So, Act 4. Elsewhere, Venom catches up to Peter Parker and takes him back to his and Harry's old school, which is suspended in the air. The two then fight, discussing their friendship as they do so. After a prolonged boss fight, Venom grabs Peter, who says that no matter what Venom does to him, he's never going to heal the world with him. Venom then senses that the meteorite has been stolen. 
he immediately sprouts massive bat-like wings and flies away with Peter in her hand. By the way, those bat wing thing is so metal. Like, such a hard rock metal. So I cool. looked at uh, uh, At the same time, Miles and Mary Jane arrive at the foundation to destroy the meteorite. However, they're interrupted by Venom crashing through the ceiling with Peter, who is passed out. Miles then has a prolonged fight with the winged Venom. Venom, Miles, and Peter then fight in the sky. They're able to overpower Venom and Miles, and Miles takes the meteorite and places it in the particle accelerator while, the, while Peter and Venom continue to fight. Peter is able to reach Harry a couple of times and says that Peter will have to kill him. They fight back to the center until Harry starts to tear the symbiote off his chest, telling, telling Pete to do it now. Peter then uses his anti-Venom powers to begin with weakening Venom. After some resistance, Peter is able to vanquish the symbiote, telling his friend he loves him before Harry seemingly dies. The particle accelerator then goes off, breaking the meteorite and the symbiote's grip over New York. The Venom symbiote then evaporates. Peter then returns to Harry's body, telling him how sorry he is. Miles then jumps in and attempts to revive Harry with his electrical powers. He is successful, but Harry only returns for a moment before falling unconscious with a very weak pulse. Peter brings Harry outside for, to an ambulance where Norman Osborn flies down next to them. Miles and Peter help Harry in, onto stretcher. Norman turns to both Spider-Man, asking them angrily, What have you done? Peter is only able to say, I'm sorry. Norman then rides to the hospital with Harry. Sometimes later, we see Harry laid out on a bed back at the Osborn's house. It's then revealed Harry has slipped into a coma and his chances of coming back are very slim. Norman then asks the doctor to just keep him alive. Norman then takes a walking stick meant as a gift for Harry and starts smashing the room. Peter and Mary Jane leave quietly as Norman te tears apart the equipment. He then makes a call and asks someone to get the G-Serum ready. Later, we, we, we fade to find Mary Jane recording a new podcast, next to a letter confirming she now lives with Peter. She finishes and finds Peter cooking for Miles, his mom, Genki, and Haley. Peter then takes Mary Jane outside and shows that he's working on restarting the Emily May Foundation in the garage. Peter then gets an alert on his phone about Spider-Man's problems. Mary Jane asks Peter if he has told Miles. He says not yet. Miles then appears dressed as Spider-Man, asking if Peter is ready. Peter begins to explain, and Miles stops him telling him he's got this. All of it. He then tells Peter to go be Peter Parker for a while, and that he can handle the role of Spider-Man for now. Miles says there may come a time when he needs Peter's help in the future. Peter assures Miles that he will always be there for him. Miles then swings away, leaving Peter semi-retired and able to build his life with Mary Jane. And credits. So I'm not gonna lie to you. When um he first like said like I hey, did you tell him yet? Like when Mary Jane was just like, uh -huh. did you tell me? Yet? I thought they were pregnant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought there was gonna be. I thought they were hitting that they're having a baby, man. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they will in the retirement. Yeah. <laughs> so, I will say this is like because I said this came out recently uh, as confirmation that what the writers did like an interview and just confirmed like, yes like Miles is their main Spider-Man like going going forward and I'm like I can yeah. see that but also I'm like I know for a fact that's not gonna be the case like you're not gonna build a game where you made it a point to have two characters the, 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 the two characters like next to each other and then just backslid into one also I can the Norman Osborn thing man yeah exactly it's like that would be like that just wouldn't work to me personally it's like having norman osborne as like the main villain for mas morales i don't think yeah nah i i i'm not accepting that uh i don't believe that i do believe though that uh maybe if this if, if the main plot line of spider-man 2 lean more into peter with miles kind of like having like a 25 percent maybe we're gonna get like a 60 40 with miles taking more of a center stage but we still get peter uh 
Peter sections, though I can imagine him also taking a bat seat and being like the, the bat, like the, kind of like the uh, the computer guy that helps him in a way. Like, but that's the thing. Like, it's like the there's a, the there's chair. a way. Yeah, the guy in the chair basically. But it's like I do not believe for a second that whenever Spider-Man Three, whatever they call it, comes. Of course they're gonna call it Spider-Man Three. They called it Spider-Man Two. Why? Why wouldn't you? Um, that the fact that then uh, did we put the post credit? No, we didn't. Yeah, the, the post credit scenes were not even here. It's like in the post credit scenes. It's like you get two in this game. You get like Norman Osborn visiting uh, uh, Doctor Octopus at the at, at, at Rikers Island, and like how it's it's clear that it's setting up that uh, Norman is gonna break uh, Doc, Doc, Doc out because Doc Ock wants, wants his revenge in Spider Man. Now they're like. They're finally their interests are aligned. Like Norman is like desperate to fix uh, Harry, and he knows that there there may be a shot of him coming back or not. But Peter and Miles left him like that. He wants revenge, and Scorpion's gonna want a revenge in the normal Spider-Man, and not just hold on before Miles. you go on. Um, Stan OP Rody, and just like huh? you can at the pronoreport.com and or the single player experience Discord server, we're doing some writing questions that yeah. integrate now mm -hmm. and. Stan OP asked, are there parts of the story you wish were different? Slash, where do you think they'll go for the third game? So, uh, so overall, I think what the story told, if I think it worked well. Mm -hmm. To me personally, I would have liked a bit more of nuanced Craven. More than what we got. Like, instead of being like this catalyst that eventually like pushes us for the third act, that's the one area, especially just comparing to Martin Lee, how much I got from him. That... That I feel like they could have done that with Craven, and Craven feels like the one character that Insomniac has made that felt a little too close to the comic. And the thing that I like about them is that they take those characters and they give them their own twist. I don't think they gave gave Craven their own twist. Like, and then when you see how Venom, as like Harry as Venom, was like a unique enough twist in an Insomniac way that made that character better. That's what it would have changed, and uh, maybe like reeling it back to 2018 not gave me so much of the backstory in written form so that then when i got the flashbacks here would have been more fulfilling for me personally but yeah i wouldn't change much from the story like overall it's, it's, a, it's a pretty great story it's just i had more uh the emotional punch of losing may was bigger than uh the oh yeah harry almost died but didn't yeah even though i was happy that didn't happen because from my perspective that the spoiler I read was like, oh yeah, Harry does, which was like, of course, that's the road they're taking. It's like, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, thank God that was a lie. It's like, now he's like kind of in play. Will he be a goblin? Who knows? But where do we think we'll go for a third game? The game kind of really teases a lot of where this is going. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's I... Almost like, too, almost too obviously. Like, it's like, uh, obviously, I mentioned the post credits scene of Norman and Doc Ock. Obviously, that's going to be a thing. G Serum, it's clear. Green Goblin is the big thing coming after. My big thing, here's my big thing. They went so big. Do you think that is? You think he's the big thing over Doc Octopus? That's the thing. It's like it's gonna be like both, both of them together. Uh, Doctor Octopus and Green Goblin like together, like the two biggest Spider-Man villains that have more of a connection to Peter. The weird thing is that what connects Green Goblin as one of the greatest villains for Spider-Man is the fact that he kills Gwen Stacy, or more like he puts Gwen Stacy in the position that Spider-Man kills her in accident. And that's what makes them eternal enemies, or like the most the villain that hurts Peter the most. There's no Gwen Stacy in this game, so it's like the connection to Norman Osborn is different. But there's something that I'm also thinking about in my mind, kind of like, okay, like did you see how big they went with Venom, like how the Venom symbiote just like enveloped all of New York. What could they do with Green Goblin and the return of Doctor Octopus that could top that 
on a Spider-Man three. I, I don't think you go. I don't necessarily think you go citywide. Like, yeah. um, I think you go emotional with it. Like, yeah. I think you go. And you like, gotta you gotta go big emotionally because it's like you went too big on spectacle with yeah. uh, with this one. Though, again, so many uh, so many kernels of where things could go. It's like let's not forget the multiverse exists. Oh, they, it does. They uh, teased it very blatantly in a side quest of the Spider-Bots that clearly introduced the existence of Miguel O'Hara, the Spider-Man 2099, and the and, and the entire like Spider Society from across the Spider-Verse. It's like it's clear it was it, it was a clear connection to that movie and it's such a cool moment. Getting to see the art style change of like that of, of, of that yeah, uh, the Spider-Verse. Of the, of, of the Spider-Verse. I was like, that's so cool. And uh and also the fact that because this was also brushed over in the middle section of where we talk because so much happens is like they have multiverse mechanics already. Oh, we got man. tease of this in that in in that main quest for uh what you might call it for Black Cat, mm-hmm. where you get the the Doctor the Doctor Strange, Str- the Doctor Strange <laughs> things that I'm like that is like now I understand why you always keep saying like they they, they could do like a cool Doctor Strange thing because of Rift Apart. You. Because Rift Apart, it's like they doing doing that. It's like I wouldn't personally want that. I would rather do them be like in a Spider-Man game because I kind of want them to do other games, not just Marvel stuff. But bring them in. How do you did it here? I love the entire Black Cat. How they were able to use the technology from Rift Apart so well in this game, and how well that worked. That I'm like, they got the tech. It's like maybe it's like a multiversal thing that also includes uh, uh, Doc Ock and Green Goblin. It's like. They got their spectacle angle if they need it, like it's there if they if they want to if they want to pull it. On top of the fact that loose threads like uh, everything that happened with Yuri Watanabe that leads us to that the person that she's been like pursuing, it's actually Cletus Cassidy. Yep. The, the carnage. carnage. Yeah, and he just escapes, and that's like a loose end of being like, yeah, the Venom symbiote is gone, but he left the city before like so he still has it. So, so man, it's like yeah. okay, so. We got Doc Ock. Uh, well, let, let's answer another question because, like, there's, yeah, there's so much that, there. Yeah, that ties into all this uh-huh. as well. Like, um, uh, Darius twenty three, for instance, said, "I was shocked that they killed off villains. Do you think there's enough villains for remaining for Spider Man three? Brian Intahar literally said in a spoiler cast that there's still enough villains for them. I'm like, I can't think of at the top of my head. I can think of Morbius. <laughs> I can." <laughs> So, I bet. so like we okay so like let, let's just name some because uh-huh. all right in this game we got i think chameleon is like uh-huh. they, yeah chameleon they, they, has been set up so he, he's gonna show up there interesting by the way like i do like how they made him a brother for yeah. uh for craven that's an interesting thing relegated to side stuff no. exactly and, and i'm like ah here's an interesting thing i wish that would have been like more like seated in the main quest for that to, to for me because that answers to me something that I'm like okay there, here's the insomniac twist, but those insomniac twists for Craven were like relegated to the side. But so maybe maybe you don't do that because you want to use Chameleon in the future. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. and so like okay so we got Chameleon there. You know what? By the way, do you remember? Do you know what it reminds me? Of, what Chameleon reminds me of? Do you remember Hush in Arkham City? Yeah, into exactly. Arkham. That's basically that's literally what they did. So. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, Chameleon, we got him. We I uh, we already got Carnage, so we got that confirmed. We got probably Doc Ock, and we got um Osborn and Osborn, yeah. Osborn as Green Goblin. I would imagine. So that's four right there. Yeah, you mentioned Carnage already. Yeah, we mentioned Carnage. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Chameleon, Doc Ock. 
um, Green Goblin. Yeah, that's four. So, so Harry's also like, and with that a potential. Is yeah, he, is he still dying? So is that Hobgoblin? Yeah, it, it could be Hobgoblin if, the, if that's how he gets the Gear Theorem. So let, let's just say that's five. Ah, potential. <laughs> that's crazy already. That's, nah. that's a stacked cast already. Yeah. But then like, uh, let's just say the Rhino is not officially dead, so I'm gonna roll onto that, so he could show up. <laughs> but also Silk. Yeah, but she's not villain. She hero. She hero. <laughs> well, she's kind of like yeah, I, like an anti-hero. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like she's a crime boss as well in a lot of comics. Mm. Yeah, on depends which, on the angle. Yeah, depends on the angle. So. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because I'm like, mm -hmm. in a lot of angles, there's an angle where like she becomes a crime lord, and mm -hmm. like she becomes like kingpin. So I'm like, she also is not afraid of killing. So I'm like, yeah. okay, is that is that? And she's in love with Peter Parker. And so, <laughs> yeah, the, the hormone balance that they got yeah. is crazy. But uh, oh, no. <laughs> but because of, the, of them being bitten, uh, Paul was telling me this that they were by the same spider, so yeah. that created like a weird, interesting connection. But I'm like, I was telling uh, I was telling Paul about this that I feel Insomniac has enough respect for these characters that they wouldn't pursue those kind of things. Like, do you remember like that weird story that there's like an alternate universe where Spider Man killed Mary Jane with her with his semen? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's like I don't feel like Insomniac has enough self respect and like the tone that they have said that they're not we're not gonna pursue weirdness. In sil in the silk side, <laughs> I, I don't know if they pursued wilderness, but I could see them saying there's an attraction there uh -huh. because. Um, but here's the thing: some uh, Marvel comics get weird. That's the thing; they, they can get weird and disturbing. And I feel Insomniac has shown that they have a tender hand with how they're portraying these characters. That I'm not worried about anything weird. Uh, uh, that from characters that had experienced weirdness before here, uh, in, in some medium, they're going to be weird here. I doubt it. Here's the thing, um, it, and I I want to use like your logic that you had earlier because I think it's apropos here. Mm -hmm. Like Silk, who says Silk got bitten by the same one in this universe as Peter Parker? What if Silk Miles. got the same spider as yeah. Miles in this universe? I, I can, I can, yeah. And she's attracted to Miles chemically, not necessarily I, in that same way that it has to be like sexual nature, but like mm -hmm. there's always going to be an attraction there because they got bit by the same spider. I, to me, it, you're into something because think about it this way. How are we introduced to the idea of Silk with this game? Just as he's Through kissing Miles. Haley. Yep. I can imagine them trying to pursue like some weird uh, love triangle there at the poor expense of Haley, <laughs> but that would be, I, it would be interesting to see if they'd really pursue that and if I would like that, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, you already threw Silk in the mix. So I'm like, yeah. there's only so many ways you go with that. So I'm yeah, like... It, it, to me, it was like throwing Silk in the mix was such a left turn. Yeah. I was expecting Spider-Wen. So. I was too. I, I think we said that in um, earlier shows that I, uh -huh. I thought Gwen was going to be teed up. But like, yeah, that I it's it's crazy. There's just no Gwen in this universe. Like, absolutely no Gwen. <laughs> All right, James B said, um, wrote in just like you can on the pronerdreport.com or the single player experience Discord server. The link to both of those below uh, will be in the description. Yeah, I see um, you got a couple of questions in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did you prefer to play as with Mouse or Peter in this game? You said Mouse, except for Peter's symbiote suit, right? Yeah, it was like first half of the game before the symbiote suit. If the game gave me the option to switch as both, I was playing Miles all the way. Uh, then uh, when Peter got the symbiote suit, it was harder for me to like go back to Miles. But then I feel by the end, both felt equally powerful that I had f equal fun with both of them. But in that early section prior to seeing it, I was concerned that I was like, I like Miles significantly better. It's like, yeah. I, 
I, I'm a Mao's guy. Like, so there's three real, there's, I, mm. I would say three real play styles, right? There's Mao's, mm. there's Peter with um the spider arms, and then there's Peter symbiote. Mm -hmm. I yeah. would probably say Mao's, again, is my favorite to play as. Then mm -hmm. I would probably say Peter with the spider arms. Then I'd take, say symbiote. So. Yeah. So, so you're, you're in the symbiote is like your least favorite one. That's, and that was my favorite one. Yeah. Um, and it's just because it's just so, the, the, especially the way the scenarios, Played out to really unleash that power was just so fun. It was just so intense. And uh, the flow state of tendril attack, big ball of wax, mm -hmm. explosion, tendril to grab everything, <laughs> mixing with the mixing with the gadgets that I had fully upgraded most of them at the time. And the back and forth of all of that I was like, this is feels amazing. I really love that. But then again, like I mentioned, like the spider legs for me reached their potential when I fully upgraded them. I was like, I, I love the electricity explosion at the end of like the attack of the L1 L1 square. I really love the uh, L1 triangle that helped me push enemies into like web attacks easy. Uh, I'm trying to remember what was the L1 circle one? Or was that an electricity one that shut the thing? In that, that I think there was one that yeah that shut some electricity things that would par would paralyze some enemies if I'm trying to remember. And then obviously the L1X uh, helped. Uh, Eventually, I feel like you 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 upgrade the L one next to lift more enemies up. That I was like, okay, it's finally getting to where at base Miles feels like. So yeah. again, it's like I feel like they intentionally uh, held back on Peter, like and how good he felt, and Miles just felt so OP immediately and was building more powers also immediately. So it was like it's it was just interesting, uh, and also signposting if, if Miles was getting all those powers early on. You should have seen that ending coming. Yeah, he's our Spider-Man. You know who, who you know who Insomniac really likes buttressing <laughs> that they're they're butter with. <laughs> so Twisted Pizza Boy and Stan OP wrote in with this question and said, "What is your favorite suit in the game?" So this is gonna sound really boring, but I'm gonna go with it. I love the fact that you can switch colors of some suits. The second color from the main suit from Peter, that it's black and red. Yeah. looks so great that i was like man this like color is it because i feel like the red and blue of just the normal one is like a little too colorful for the realism of the game that i feel that that black or black and red one fit really well to the visual style of the game mm -hmm. and it felt like a nice evolution for me so i kind of st stuck with that suit i did love the classic symbiote suit though i like uh, the from the cartoon symbiote, from, yeah. from, from, from the cartoon yeah uh and then from miles uh, i really like the one with the hoodie that hoodie one was like. I think mine was the hoodie or the across the Spider Verse one. Yeah, I, the across the Spider Verse one was because I loved it on the uh, I I loved it back in the Miles Morales one. So here was like, yeah, it's like, not new. I do like the Venom variants for Miles. So he got a lot of Venom variants. Yeah, he did. I was like, yeah, and, and Peter just got one. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, but he hey, but he technically also had the anti Venom suit. Interesting that you cannot go back to the black suit anymore, like after post game. Nah, you all, but I mean, yeah. they gave you anti venom. Yeah, you're anti venom now, so yeah. Um, let's see. Um, we already said this, um, John Stevenson, but I want to I wanna read you out a little bit. Um, it, it's better than the first game, but I hate the Mary Jane missions. Do you guys feel the same? So, you I mean, could, yeah, you couldn't be more wrong, John Stevenson. Like, MJ missions were rocked in this game. I, there I, were I, only there were only three, they were so much better than last time. Like I'm, I'm, go back, go back to yeah, go go back to 2018, and then play this and tell me they're equally as boring. Like, I dare you. 
Uh, yeah, I'm with I'm with Alejandro. Jirak Redon. We're just kidding, but yeah. I'm like, we love you, John, but like, I got I I got love for these MJ missions. Um, Lord Phelps wrote in um and said, as a fan of Craven's last comic, I was looking forward to seeing how this adaptation of Craven would come off. What do you think of Spider-Man 2's version of Craven? We kind of um alluded to this mm-hmm. in the in, uh, earlier in, yeah. in like Craven's um, last I feel Craven's last stand alone would make its own game. Mm-hmm. There's so much that, that, that there there's a something cool. I feel that like Craven can carry his own game. And I feel like to me it's just the fact that me as a big Venom fan knowing he was coming it was like and the little that I got in the main story from Craven, like uh, like if, from different nuances that for, that from what I expect from Craven, that I read from that comic and in many different Craven stories that I've seen in other games and uh, and even and even in some like uh, cartoons, like the '90s cartoon, I feel like uh, what I got from Craven is what I expect from Craven, and he's for he's funny. It's just that I I like a little bit more nuance, and especially with the nuance that they gave us with Venom. So, uh, to me, he was just a catalyst, but too much time was spent with him as a catalyst, just knowing how big the game goes for Venom, that it does feel like we got the plot of Spider-Man 2 and a Spider-Man 3 crammed together with just how wildly the, the tone shifts when Venom comes in. Isn't it like crazy just how insanely it just changes visually and in feel and flow once like Venom enters the picture? It's like kind of wild how uh, the, the contrast between both, both those sides of the game, but it was fine. It's just like, I've mentioned it before, it's like when I compare his middle section of the game to Martin Lee from 2018, Martin Lee from a story perspective gave me more. Craven gave me more from gameplay. So Yeah, I um I love I liked Craven. I, I love the first half of this game though, mm-hmm. um immensely. So I'm like I did mm-hmm. like him. I just wish we would have got to see a little bit more of the the yeah. The, the nuances side. were yeah yeah the vicious side and the nuances were relegated to side stuff and yeah. I feel that does a disservice for the people that are not gonna see that. No so. no, it's almost yeah. like um you know one of the action movies that I really enjoy is John Wick and I like uh-huh. I like it because it's a lot of show not telling. I'm like we get to see mm-hmm. how badass John Wick is, but like yeah, I, but like a whole lot of people like Equalizer and like the Equalizer movies and I don't really care uh-huh. much for Equalizer because like it's implied action. I get to see yeah. the after effects, but I don't get to exactly action. yeah. Action. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, I want to read Master Leaf's comics because they kind of energy, they kind of intertwine mm-hmm. with what we've been talking about. Do you think this adaptation of Craven will be better or worse than the Craven movie? Are we even, are we even entertaining this? <laughs> I mean, I like to show love to the people that are writing it, and I will say, Master I know, I know, I know. This is just so funny. This Master Leaf is like, do you have any hope with how Sony has been handling the non-MCU recent Spider-Man content outside Spider-Verse that? What the movie with with Aaron Taylor Johnson will do will be better than what this game does. No oh, man. The hell it'll be better <laughs> no. than this adaptation of Craven. No yeah. chance. Yeah, it's so funny. But we love you, Master Leaf. Yeah, I... There's no chance, uh, Master Leaf, that this is going to be a worse version of Craven than that movie. That movie's mm. probably going to be awful. I oh, yeah. Awful. If Morbius was any indication. The only thing that that movie has going for it is, like, it's interesting that they went full hard R, so it's mm. going to be violent. So it's like, that's at least... That's gonna be unique, but other than that, like I have no hope. I just don't have no hope in the, uh, in the expanded non-Spider-Man universe that Sony's got going. <laughs> that right. they only have, they only have that because they want to keep the Spider-Man license within them. So. All right, you're an expert on this one. James B. wrote in and says, "Does anyone else feel like the third act was just web shadows?" 
Yes, it, it was. It's just that it was also like uh, when you think about Web of Shadows, one thing that was really cool about that game was that in that game, there were other heroes operating. You got Wolverine, you got Moon Knight, you got Luke Cage. You had, there, there was like more, you, S.H.I.E.L.D. got involved. Uh, so there was like something really cool about like such a cataclysmic event happening in New York that brought so many heroes together, even though you're still seeing it from the eyes, from the eyes of Spider-Man. I feel like from the scale of things, we got the idea of like Venom just really covering everything and symbiotes running around. I just say that I feel like it, it is time for some, for the Insomnia Spider-Man games to start including so many heroes that are clearly being referenced because it's like it to me it's, 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 it starts boggling the mind of knowing that you just knowing that heroes are operating that you think that you're getting the equivalent of three 9-11s happening in New York right now yeah. with with this thing and it's just Spider-Man and Miles like dealing with it. It's, it feels very insular in a way that uh, at least Web of Shadows gave me that but this game is so much better. So it's like at least I got the idea of of Web of Shadows like being represented in full f high fidelity with great acting and all that but I'm not gonna lie that I, I do wish that this would have served as a good catalyst to bring in more people that are clearly in this universe yeah so. for uh, it should be like all hands on deck kind of a uh, like atmosphere but like we yeah. don't get to see it because of the insulated um mm -hmm. spider-man story but like exactly yeah and uh and the, the thing that makes spider-man stories like usually it's like it's rare for a city to uh, like for spider-man stories to just go this wide in cataclysm like i kind of got it with the like here, here's the thing that i did I appreciate it like in hindsight like when devil's breath happened in 2018 uh mm -hmm. they quarantined the city yeah. you knew the west coast avengers you had established that they were over at the like the avengers that had their base there like they were dealing with things in the west coast which was kind of like a wink wink not not to what the square enix game eventually was doing in a way yeah. uh even though they were the game the, the universe was not connected it was like a missed opportunity fyi well, but, I mean, <laughs> we saw yeah. how that turned out. So exactly, exactly. No, and that hurt that game even more, being so separate. So mm -hmm. maybe that would have helped, uh, and they would have helped not pursued the game that they pursued. But yeah, it's like definitely errors of, of Web of Shadows. Definitely like Web of Shadows stayed in this crisis mode way longer than this game. A lot of this was like when Venom comes in. It's like it takes halfway through the third act for the symbiote to completely take over the city. Mm -hmm. So. This like this is something that yes like they knew what they were getting inspirations from. This game is much better than that one though. I do miss how like half of that game really was about that crisis and how much it dealt with the different heroes coming together and the wild scenarios that were happening like Wolverine Venom. I mean, uh, like if you do the twist to Wolverine and half of you're like it's like it's is what of shadows is wild. It's just it really absolutely is. wild. <laughs> so, it really is. It's a marvel that came exist. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, and it's emblematic of like the wild of that wild pre Disney era of Marvel. Mm -hmm. So it really is. So I'm um, let's go to our next question here. We got one more. We got Rock two Lee. more. I think yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. Rock Lee. Um, I had performance issues like crazy, but still enjoyed the game. Am I the only one? Do you think that this is the best PS5 exclusive so far? So two questions there. Rock. Yes. Yeah. And yes. And I would say this like performance wise. I thought this was pretty flawless. Like, when I think of performance issues, I think frame rates dropping and all that. I played the majority of this game in the performance, about 60 frames and all that. Rarely did I see any problems there. My I, issues were bugs, not I, performance. I, I think I think he means it in the, like, from the main audience perspective. They they might not, he might have meant it from no. like the, that yeah. other that other side of things and not necessarily the technical nuances of performance versus exactly yeah it's like to me it's like uh, it's like uh, to me i said it, it this was a buggy game for me 
Yeah. But like from uh, but that was like from different glitches. I feel from performance this is one of the best performing games on the system. Like uh when you see the level of fidelity and quality of what is it's going and the fact that it's like it runs as smoothly as it does in the performance mode and even also the frame rate the the fidelity mode if you want to get even extra resolution from that. I feel like in performance like this was pristine. It was just in those bugs. If yeah. luckily if if if, if what you meant is also bugs, yeah, you have a you have someone in me as the as, as kind of like the sorry a, a comrade on the on the box because I tell you those pictures are just so funny the two cars stuck together is it is it just an image that's just never gonna leave me. Yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna interpret it as he probably meant bugs yeah. as opposed to like actual performance. Yeah. And I came out enjoying the game also, like I still enjoyed it despite those bugs, which again is like the underlying game is so strong. It's disappointing those bugs were there, like that they happen now. When that usually doesn't happen for me, uh, is, is it the is it the best PS5 exclusive so far? I mean, we ain't got too many of them, so I'm like... yes, and, and that's what's so funny because it's like when it comes to PS5 only games, there's Demon Souls, Returnal, Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and this. Yeah, I would say yes. Yes, yeah, because it's like God of War Ragnarok is also on PS4, Horizon Forbidden West is also on PS4. You can be technical. Uh, even if I you would... want to call those PS5 exclusives, yeah. Like even if we said that's a part of the PS5 generation of exclusive of exclusive games, I personally think I like. I personally, Sebastian, even with my issues, I think I enjoy Spider-Man two more than I did God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> like I when like I, when I, yeah, when, when I think that, and also Horizon Forbidden West. That uh, it's a game that when I think about, it, I would want to, like I've been hankering to replay this game. I'm holding back because I know there's a new game plus that Brian and the team. You better listen to me. Like you better drop that goddamn mode soon. I want to replay your game now. As uh, I want to strike while the iron's hot. I don't want to cool off too much. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I know for them they probably like want to ramp up a bit as opposed to like Linux. But like, also, uh, just to kind of add some slight nuance to like the PS5 exclusive thing, uh, mm -hmm. there was another PS5 only game that came out this year that was Final Fantasy 16. That is still my favorite game this year, even after Spider-Man 2. So. I think to me personally, like for first part from Sony first party, I think Spider-Man 2 is the best one. As if my from um, experience that I experienced on PS that's PS5 only. Maybe for PS5, that has been my favorite. I think I would go Final Fantasy for me. So oh, okay. This I would this would be that. like yeah, this would be like a close second. If we're including non-first party stuff. If it's just first party, it's Spider-Man. Yeah. I love I this mean, game. Yeah. I even I, with I, even with my issues with it. Yeah, um, I plan. I have it blocked out on my calendar right now. I'm a finished Final Fantasy 16. I have it yeah. I've officially because, blocked it out. Exactly. Yeah, it's because I just know that you still haven't seen some of the incredible moments from that game. Like you're still like, even if you've experienced some incredible moments already, believe me when I tell you, you have not seen anything yet. <laughs> so, All right. So, yeah. so John Steve uh, Stevenson. Um. Let's see. I asked this last time, but I'm curious for Spider-Man 2. What are the best set piece moments in the game for you? Oof, okay. There's many in this one because I didn't turn have to parse out. Uh second half of Lizard is high up there for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh but I feel like if we're including this as a set piece, the entire introduction of Venom. Okay. Yeah. That is yeah, that's just like so unbelievably hype, so unbelievably high energy is just so chaotic and messy and that not, i feel like i i want to i want to interrupt here for a second i'm mm -hmm. not going to call this like a i know this isn't technically a set piece set piece or anything like that but uh -huh. this gives me a chance to shout it out go the for it the howard's side quest 
we haven't talked about the damn side quest. Holy crap. Yeah, it's like the Howard side quest is probably the most, uh, the most one of the, uh, any game this year. Shockingly oh. hit me in the gut, like punched me in the gut. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. Cause I, it's a moment to where I like, I, I sent the message to you. I'm yeah, like, you, you just tear up. Yeah. You hate, you hate, you hated bird chasing in the first game. Hated how they turn, yeah. How they turn that around to deliver, uh, because I think you, Remind me if I'm wrong, uh, because I just made like 20 uh, Miles Morales recently when we did our chat. Uh, mm -hmm. Was there a side quest that dealt with Howard also in Miles Morales? I'm trying mm, to remember. I'm trying to remember because one. I don't remember. Yeah, because, yeah, because I do remember uh, obviously the, the Howard side quest in the first game. It's just mm -hmm. that them building from one of the least popular ones to then deliver that emotional punch, and so and that and not only that, um, the grandpa uh, side quest. I yeah, feel those Alzheimer's. two, yeah, those two side quests like exemplifies the power of Spider-Man as a hero of the people in a very intimate moment, in its oh, intim in its intimacy. Uh, those like side quests hit me harder than most main beats of the of the main story, and it feels like that 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 was just an, a good example of how side quest has been like the one thing that they got criticized heavily in 2018. We saw improvements in, in Miles Morales and in in Spider-Man 2. Side quest oh, okay. got better. Side activities remain static, and there's I'm... a difference between side activities and side quests. So mm -hmm. at least side quests have been improved. Uh, side activities feel very by the numbers, and also like the breadth of side activities uh, in Spider-Man Two actually got lessened in this game compared to uh, com c compared to uh, the other Spider-Man. Is in a way that it feels like when outside of main story and side quest, like you you can get, be done with anything you have to do with the city pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Compared to like the other games, I feel like you had more to do uh, outside just the main the, the main stuff. So they cut back on that. That's why they plan on come so quickly in this game compared to the other one. So I, I know I'm probably in the minority here, but I sort of like the shorter runtime. Um, and sort of like so I don't, I didn't, I didn't need this to be like Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Assassin's oh yeah, no, 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 no. And here's the thing. I want to replay this game again, even after platinuming it. Usually when I platinum a game, it reaches a point where I'm sick of the game and I don't want anything to do with that. That's yeah. what happened to me with Spider-Man 2018 when I first platinum it the first time. And, uh, and that kind of also diminished my opinion of the game because when, by the time when you're sick of something, when you 100% it, that, is like, that can, can take your experience. Even after platinuming this game, I th I'm thinking of like, I want to do that again. Yeah. Even with my issues, I'm like, i rather that than feeling like I'm done with a game, I don't want to do this again. So, Especially if they polish it up to where you're not experiencing that bugs too. I can't imagine, and, and, and because that's the thing, like uh, I wanted, again, like I can't wait for that, uh, because I'm still trying to solidify like what my top 10 for the year is. And because of the bug experiences and all that, I just felt like I had better experiences for this year, but I really want to do another run because there's so much from this game that I really love, that it's just unfortunate that those bugs really like, like reared their ugly head when they shouldn't have for me like for a game where the previous two we just recently replayed them that didn't even happen yeah so, i could see so yeah, that so, so yeah i can't wait please give me that new game plus soon insomniac while i'm still like i'm so hungry i had to pull up the older games <laughs> to, to, to kind of satiate my hunger because i don't want to like play through that one again yet knowing that i would love to see what it feels like to play through the early parts of spider-man 2 of this spider-man 2 with the full upgrades yeah, that would feel so nice. You know, another thing I think I, you know, I know a lot of people want New Game Plus, but I almost wish that 
and, and this was a fault that I kind of had with the other ones. I almost wish they had like level selectors in this to where you can just replay a boss fight too. Yeah. Or like mm -hmm. replay a level. I feel it more because everything that I love about this game halfway through. So, it, yeah. so then it means that when I replay the game, I will have to trudge to the parts that I really love. Whereas I feel like parts that I loved in 2018, there were some that came in pretty early that made me more excited about the idea of like replaying it. In this one, like I love Sandman. I absolutely love Sandman. Then it takes a while to get to the next part that I truly love before a, a middle spot that I was like, yeah, I like this, but it's oh, like, man, I, 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 I think I would like, if I were to skip ahead immediately to anything, like I still think I'd still chill in that first half, like first half. And I think I'd like play that first Mary Jane mission where you're like, um, mm -hmm. where you're in the zoo. And oh. that's what I say. It's like, that's the point where I love the game. It's like, it's until you reach that MJ section that leads to you getting the black suit. That's the moment where my love for the game starts. Like, I go from like to love. <laughs> so, it's I, so funny. That's, that is my spot. I will, I want to like trash all the way to then. <laughs> I was just like, I also like the, the build up with like Rio and, and Mouse and, and Genki as far as like seeing where their life is at now and seeing like, mm -hmm. um, and seeing like, that she started dating again that like yeah uh, i mean it's just it feels so intimate i feel like i know these it's, characters you know and that's the thing that i why this interpretation of spider-man is my favorite from any medium oh wow i know this medium yeah i like this i like these games more than the movies i like these games more than most comic books i like this game more than the tv than than, than the tv animated stuff or or the tv movies and all that. this is like they can this is the Spider-Man like side of things, especially me in my favorite medium that is gaming, yeah. and them doing story this is good. This is why this, this is my favorite interpretation. Even as so many parts of this game was like was very derivative from other versions of stories that I've seen, but it's still like because it's in this version that I really got to connect so well with that. This like this is still like I love it. Those tiny little. Uh, in other one, in, in in other stories, uh, maybe only the Spider Verse movie is like as close as I would get. Like, yeah, I want to hear what Rio and uh, Jefferson da Jefferson Davis are doing this time. But I feel like in this one, I really love getting to like reconnect with some of these characters. Like this, even people will can criticize. Oh yeah, they're reusing New York and all. That. Guess what, people? New York is a real city. It will not change. It's still the same city as if you go in real life. It's like that is not a problem for me in this game. I'd rather like the changes happen within how you experience the stories within the same city. So, yeah, especially because it's real life and uh, and that familiarity makes me connect more with more of these characters because it's like jumping back in into a new season of TV with your favorite stuff. That's how it feels. So, All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I know we have hit a long point. Please bear with us because we got two last segments of the show. The first yes. one <laughs> is we're going to rank these villains, these Spider-Man villains. Yeah. So you know right here i'm compiling up a list of these villains alejandro throw me some villains that you that you feel like i missed we have wraith i, I uh -huh. have like because we have a boss fight against her She's yeah do you have her but yes it's halfway through that side quest um. yeah so we have wraith we have cletus cassidy we have mm -hmm. venom we have lizard we uh um, i'm trying to remember did we fight cletus cassidy i don't remember if we fought him we, he yeah, was we just there fight yeah. him, but like he was just there huh yeah yeah, in that same way, because, I mean, we had Norman Osborn in our... Yeah, <laughs> and you didn't fight him, so, yeah. yeah. From that perspective, I can see, kind of like, as a non-fightable non uh, boss fight, how we, like, justified including Dr. Uh, Norman Osborn. Yeah. Yes, we can include him, so, yeah. Wraith, uh, Cletus Cassidy. Venom, we have Lizard, we have um, Mysterio. Peter. Yeah, Mysterio. Oh, you're gonna also. call Peter? Oh, okay, so, 
Hey, here, okay. I mean, you do fight him. Yeah. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to call um, Peter Venom. Yeah, Peter Venom. Yes. Or Peter Black Venom Suit Peter. Venom. Or Black Suit Peter. Yeah. Black Suit Black Suit Peter. Yeah. Um, then we got um, regular Venom. And mm -hmm. let's see. Are we missing side? Are we missing a side um, villain there? I don't think you are. So, so, we got so, Wraith, Cleus Cassidy. Uh huh. Venom. Venom. Lizard, Mysterio, Lizard, Mysterio Peter, Peter, Peter Venom, Venom, Sandman, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, Enter the Sandman. Um, not also not quite a boss fight, but I do love the January Six guy. Which one? The January Six guy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, the one, the 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 one that makes the honey joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm it, trying to think because if it's like it feels like there were most bo more boss fights, but I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was because there were like also like um what was it? Uh Scream, Scream. We got to include oh, yeah. Scream. Yeah. yeah. You got to include Scream. Yeah. Scream um All right. Do and, and this is this is a little nebulous here like uh do we also include like the black cra the the black cat like but she wasn't a boss. She was just like an element from a level that uh, It was like a, a like the a level oh mr yeah mr negative has to be included because you do fight him so yeah. mr negative um do we all right so um let's see let's see here we yeah, go for and... another one let me see grizzly yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they don't. They don't have any honey, guys. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, he, he was like a baby boss fight almost. Yes, he was, and then eventually, like, just you just start fighting them just as normal enemies afterwards. But that was a funny moment because it was like a definitive. Like they made a point of like highlighting it, so I want I, I want included for the lulls. Yeah, so. and then um, I you know I can't think of any other ones that we got here because I mean. Technically, yeah, technically, I mean, we did have to go through like stuff for Chameleon. Do we mm -hmm, count yeah. him as a? If you if you want to include him in the in, in kind of like the uh, the villains that you don't fight, but it it was interesting to uh, find stuff. Yeah, encounter him. You can include him. All right, all right. In five years, we'll count him as a regular <laughs> like fighting villain. Maybe he'll move yeah. up the list. Um, but I can't. Um, we didn't fight Scorpion here. No. He was okay. just, uh, yeah, he, he was, he only poisons you while you're at the, uh, uh, while, while you're at the raft when they're escaping, but you don't fight him. So, yeah. So, um, there we go. I don't, I think that's, I think that's it. Yeah. That sounds right. So yeah, I'm, if, I'm if like... we miss someone, let us, let, let, let us know over in discord or, yeah, for <laughs> or, sure. or, or in the comments. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, everyone, here's what we got so far. We have, um, Wraith, Cletus Cassidy, aka the Flame, um, Venom, and by Venom we'll we'll just say um um what's this? Harry. Name? Harry Venom. Alright. Yeah. We got Venom Harry, then we got Lizard, we got Mysterio, Peter Venom, we got mm -hmm. Sandman, Scream, Mr. Negative, Grizzly, aka I don't have any honey, and yeah. Chameleon. I, I would say the majority of these of these boss fights drowns. A lot of the boss fights from both 2018 and Miles Morales. I was still 
put I, I, I would still say that the Dr. Octopus uh, final final battle is like the most emotional of the three games kind of like what that meant for like that story and how like that entire story kind of came together like in that crescendo well let's paint but, a picture for the audience here yeah okay so f right now we have these following as our ranking official rankings right now yeah 14 vi 14 villains including from both uh 2018 miles morales and also the uh uh the spider Winkle yeah, yeah, did we yeah. put the DLC there? Like, did, did we include them there? I'm trying to remember. No, not the think, DLC. Yeah, we, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't include the DLC villains there. No, so. but that's okay. I mean, no. uh, do we really need to put Hammerhead Sims? Nah, Screwball in there. I'm like, no, they would be bottom tier. So. They would be all bottom tier. I'm like, yeah. all of them. I'm like, we can put them there for shits and giggles if you want. But yeah, you, they can. All four, all four of them could be above the Shocker, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. and the shocker, the shocker is still dead last. <laughs> oh, you put shocker last? Oh man, I hate. Oh no! Oh well. Oh well. Then, uh, then it could be like Screwball eighteen, and then Shocker seventeen, and then the rest at the top. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I was yeah. like, I hate yeah. yeah. the yeah. part. All right, so here we go. We got so we got eighteen villains ranked. We got eighteen. We got Doctor Octopus number one, number two the Prowler, number three Mr. Mm -hmm. Negative, number four Kingpin, number five Tinkerer, aka Finn, number five. Mm -hmm. Red Rhino from Miles Morales. We got number mm -hmm. seven, Tombstone. Number eight, Norman Osborn. Number nine, Taskmaster. Number 10, Scorpion. Number 11, Electro. Number 12, Rhino. Number 13, Vulture. We got number 14, 15, 16, 17, Hammerhead, eight. Black Cat, Shocker, Silver Sable, Sable and Shocker. And, and then Screwball in dead ass last. Now, yeah. we got a lot of a lot of um spider-man villains here we gotta mm -hmm. put into these rankings yeah, do one, you two, have two, any three. strong opinions so far that yeah because we, we have 11 of them so um i would say uh mr grizzly and cletus cassidy would be kind of like the bot and the bottom tier just in, uh, specifically uh one of them is uh, well and also chameleon and that we don't really fight them does it but there's some interesting story implications there so um so, for example, like when I look at the list, um, all right, Mr. Grizzly, above the shocker, or below the shocker for you? Oh, Mr. Grizzly is below the shocker <laughs> because yeah. it's like, such, yeah, it's where the shits and giggles. But I just, it, to me, it's just funny. But it's just immediate. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, then we got uh, Chameleon. I would say that that in concept, I like I would that put, story though. Yeah, I like that story. I would say he would go beneath the Taskmaster above Scorpion. I'm right there with that because yeah. I was gonna mm -hmm. say below Scorpion above Electro, so I'm right there with that. Yeah. Okay, I can dig that. So the Camille Camille goes there because obviously like uh the Sinister Six are just so thrown just so thrown in and the implications of Chameleon like's connection to uh, to Craven and they're very cool like yeah this is gonna be a villain for the next game and if it'll depend like that that one it will depend on how they do um on how they do that, that he could go up or down uh, or whenever we rank eventual spider-man 3 how they uh how do how, how they do that villain but i would say at least conceptually i like i, I like the chameleon more than almost everything everything that was beneath it so that's why yeah i would put chameleon at uh above scorpion beneath uh taskmaster because taskmaster at least has the uh uh, those challenges now uh because speaking of challenges mysterio i was oh, saying this yeah yeah the so mysterio's Myst boss fight was really yeah. cool though yeah the mysterio boss fight is cool the challenges that taskmaster put you through were like more fun but 
based on the payoff, I would put Mysterio above Taskmaster. Okay, so you yeah. so Norman Osborn's number eight right now. No, yeah. Number nine is Taskmaster. You think you'd sandwich those in, and then the new yeah. number nine would become the Taskmaster. Exactly. Or no, yeah. or Mysterio. Yeah, Mysterio. I'm fine with that. I'm not, yeah. I got no. I got no dog yeah. in that fight. Yeah, I'm fine with yeah, that. especially because it's like I'm trying to remember uh, because I didn't do the challenges in our replay. Like, did we fight Taskmaster? I'm yeah, we didn't fight Taskmaster it, after it's all said and done. It's like a mini, yeah. it's like a mini fight, sort of. It's situation. like a mini fight compared to mini fight. That mini fight to the Mysterio fight and the ball. Yeah, oh, I think it's much cooler. Yeah, it's much cooler. So that's why I put Mysterio because they're both like the, they're the challenge villains. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can um, see that. Um, let's see. I would probably say, I got. Let's do Lizard next because I think that's yeah. interesting. Lizard, I would say, like, um, in terms of spectacle, they do a lot with Lizard. Like, the set piece, like, two large set piece moments are, like, part of his uh, of his whole spiel. Uh, I, I, I would say, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't yeah, think you'll like it, though. Yeah, I want to hear it. I think this is okay. So, we have, as currently standing, I think uh, we have Kingpin 4, we have Tinkerer 5, we have Red Rhino uh, 6, and 7 Tombstone. I'd put the lizard at the new six above yes. Red Rhino, but below Tinker. Yes, I would agree. I would actually would agree with that because oh, okay. uh, I like his. I, I totally like his boss fight and what he means to the game way more than Tombstone. And I, I feel he also has that Red Rhino kind of like feel of like kind of that tier of villain that also like puts you through great spectacle because I feel it's like it takes like what we got from Red Rhino, mm -hmm. multifaceted in the game, and uh, it blows it up more. Because you do more, yeah. You seem like in that, like the lizard fight is a it's a showcase of them doing set pieces at a citywide level twice, early yeah. on in the river, and then the per, and the, and the, the persecution, and it's a really interesting one on one boss fight. Also, as you're with the black suit. Yeah, you're not lying. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I would put lizard up there. So. All right. Um, you want to do Sandman next? Yes, and that one I would say, Sandman goes above the kingpin. For me. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So same. Because it, be, yeah, because I think of it as the introduction of the uh introduction of the game and I just love the spectacle of that salmon battle. It's like it's such a strong start for me. You know, I uh, you, you won me over. I'm not I love that fight, so so mm -hmm. I'm not really tripping over it. I don't I don't necessarily and I also like the the little like we didn't mention it earlier, but I also do like his little side quest as well. Yeah. Where you try to find Yes, and, and you find and, and, and then you figure out like that you piece it all together at the end, you go into like his mind space. Mm -hmm. So And basically I'm like do you wait, hold on, like the little piece that he left his daughter, the like yeah. the crystallized, did Sandman die? No, he's still in, he's still in the uh, the prison. He's still, right? at the, he's still at the prison. He's just like uh, his he like he gathered all his marvels. See, like he stops going crazy because the different pieces had him like losing his mind, and I was getting all, and breaking all those things, kind of like fix his mind or something. <laughs> so. But how does how does he leave that? How does that piece of him stay out if all of if he needs that piece? How does the daughter have it? Is my question. You got me there. <laughs> Turn to remember now. Yeah. Turn to remember now. The duplications now. Uh, that's why I was just like, how does the daughter have a piece of him if he needed all those pieces to be fully functional, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm trying to remember something, or maybe it was like how it was fractured. I will have to replay it, but it's like, I would say, like, I remember there was like the final beat of that, that you we we give him, we give the daughter something that the wife kind of like just picks from the, from the loft. 
Yeah. But I'm just, I, I'm just trying to remember, like, uh, because I just remember when you, you finish and get every all, the, all of those crystals, like, he, like, gets his sanity back. That's all I know, because he's still on the raft. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Um... And, I know, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was, like, he became that big sandman because Craven did something to him. I do remember that. Like Craven he was, was one of Craven. him down and, yeah. and mm -hmm. say he was gonna attack his daughter. Remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that kind of like made made him go crazy and go all that big at how he saw him. So. All right, let's do Scream next. Where do you put her? Crap. Oh man, because now we get into like real emotional things. It's like I feel like Scream isn't that Doctor Pry isn't that Prowler era. Like there's a, like think about like the emotions of seeing MJ like be transformed into that. Like the things that Scream was like emerging from her inner struggles and like what that means to peter and her relationship like at such a dark point in the story that i feel at least right now i would put it above the prowler because the prowler why we put it up there was because that was such a uh, like the emotions of having to fight your family member in miles morales uh, but it was also like a cool set piece moment like they they did mm -hmm. some really cool things with like that tr i think it was a train tracks moment like that train like station underneath like yeah, that's where you fought with them, and then, and then it was like, but it was inserted to that train place, and uh, then he would become like invisible, and you had to try to find him within that 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 small contained thing. I feel the emotions that were elicited in Scream were like even more vital, uh, especially because it's from characters that you got to learn more of now for two games and like, seeing that happen. Do you like the Scream fight more than the Mister Negative like train and and like um, all the fights for Mister Negative yes. in the first one? Okay. Oh yes, oh yes, I, I like that. It's, it's just that I think I like it more than Prowler's fight. Oh also, wow! So, so yeah, that's one. Uh -huh. I'm I'm still on Prowler higher, but uh -huh. I'm not, I'm like I can go either way though. Yeah. Right. Let's see how the rest of the list uh, shakes out because there's a. I feel like right now we have left up people uh, like some bosses that are gonna be up here. So. All right. So <laughs> let's let's go really quick right there, yeah. and then um, mm -hmm. let's, let's and then we can kind of see how everything shakes out, like you said. Um, uh -huh. Wraith. Um, Wraith. The Wraith. Yeah, Wraith. I would definitely go lower. Uh, I would say I would put Wraith beneath uh, Red Rhino personally. Okay. I think it was yeah, a cool from, fight. I don't know how Wraith got all these these like combat abilities all of a sudden though. Yeah, suddenly like in the in between the second DLC from the City That Never Sleeps to this one, apparently she really hustled. <laughs> so, I almost would rather put her above below Tombstone because I kind of like the Tombstone fight. I would be okay with putting her beneath Tombstone if you want. Like, I'm not yeah. really tripping, but I'm like I don't really carry the way. Um, on the, that because part. think about it this way: like Tombstone was so important in the first Spider-Man game because it was like the only legit side quest yeah. of that game, whereas like Wraith was just one of the many side quests in this. So, all right, missed. All right, so let's go with um, Peter Venom. Peter Venom. Peter Venom. I would put it beneath Scream. Whoa. Because yeah, it's it's like because both of them hit that kind of like emotion slash story turning point at at, at the point at that point. So All and right. also kind of the, the Peter Venom was just their their version of getting the symbiote off of Peter through yeah. Miles, whereas the Scream fight is a complete surprise. You're not expecting like you're gonna be fighting Mary Jane. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's like, true. there's a, there was like a shock to the system was getting to see that and how much like emotionally it was like being thrown at you. Uh, like what Scream was unleashing from her. So that's why I put Scream about the Peter Venom fight. Uh, all right, so Craven. Mr. Mr. Yeah. Negative, uh, Mr. Negative from uh, my, like Marvel's Spider-Man 2. 
I would say I would put him beneath the Mr. Negative from Spider-Man 1. Oh, so when Mal, you think the Miles fighting Mr. Negative on this one's um, a, a better fight than the Sandman? It's, it's, it, it, it's, no, 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 it would be like, but it would be Mr. Negative Spider-Man 1 at the top and... Oh, actually, yeah. Now that I think about that, that's what that, I was um, thinking about it. Cause I'm like, I think I go. I think Mr. Negative from Spider-Man Two goes beneath the Sandman. I like the Sandman fight way more. Okay, um, so you think it's a better fight than Kingpin and Tinker and Lizard? What are you thinking? I want to hear if you have a suggestion. I'm, I don't, I'm I don't thinking, want to. I don't want to. I don't want to take on on, on a list. <laughs> no, no. I, I I don't really. This is not where I'm like ten toes down. This is the stand I'm taking. But like at first glance, I would probably put because i do like the emotional moments of this fight and, uh -huh. but like i don't it feels like he's almost like neutered a bit as opposed to like the mr negative mr negative boss fight in the first game definitely way more important than how he is and so i would say definitely like where you're suggesting beneath the lizard i think i would take that that's what i was thinking because yeah. i'm like i uh -huh. think the lizard's a better boss fight too yeah yeah and also because remember it's like it's uh, the mr negative thing starts as a boss fight and then he becomes your friend and he yeah. hates you afterwards so and it's also that... not like it's not the moment that mouse forgives him it's just the moment that mouse didn't want to take his life yeah so I feel in, like in the arena in the arena where, where when craven is like um it, it kill kind of, each other to face yeah. me ah uh, so that's why i was just like it, it feels like that was a moment where mouse was just like i'm i'm not a spider-man who's gonna take a life but mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't moved past that. But I need help as well. So I'm like, yeah. but we see that more impactful moment later on when Miles forgives Mister Negative when they're mm -hmm. in Peter's headspace. Yeah. Well, not forgives, and, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, and that's why that's why Martin Lee as a boss fight is more important in the first game and higher in yeah. our list than he is in this one. But also because way more boss fights have happened in this game and kind of like his role changes. So enough, enough all of his own is like. As villain, like in the villain side, as like I feel, the other villains are definitely more important. So. All right, Craven in this game. I am gonna come in with I'm gonna come in with the hot take and say that he is beneath Mr. Negative from Spider-Man Two. <laughs> oh, I don't hate that yeah. because I actually like yeah. the boss fight with him versus Venom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and that's why that that, that 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 one is like when I think of the Peter the Peter versus Craven fight, I thought it was okay. It's because the cool moment of that fight is what comes after, which is Peter Venom versus uh, versus Miles, which was more power, had more of a punch in, yeah. in, in that sequence. But definitely, he's definitely rescued for me in, uh, with the Venom fight in, Venom, in Times Square. Venom Harry. Yeah, Venom Harry. Venom Harry. Venom Harry, I would say he is beneath Dr. Octopus. Okay, so wait, well, hold on. Like, okay, so we have Dr. Octopus, Prowler, yeah. Scream, and then you want to put him, you want to put Doc Ock first, Venom, yeah. Harry second. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. okay. Because the th here's how I see it. It's like Insomniac try to like hit twice the same, like the kind of like that final boss fight that tries to punctuate the story and all of that. Nothing beats the first time. You see that. And, uh, and I feel Dr. Opt Octopus as a villain is like, usually is better than Venom, even as much as I love how... I feel more connected to this Venom because of the Harry connection. But you knew, I mean, the new new moment from the first game, like emotion, like in that final boss fight, the switch back to like the both of uh, both, like you, you losing your web shooters and fighting Octopus like to the side of the building. Uh, 
that are you gonna forgive him or not walking away from the villain and all of that is like i feel that there's just something in those emo in the motions of the dr octopus fight that the venom fight is way more epic especially when uh obviously you switch characters if you just start fighting him as peter then like it switches to miles and then through quick time events both of them kind of get the final punches together so would you oh. make the argument it could be a number one because of the spectacle it's, it's kind of hard because i feel like oh, no. the dr octopus and venom one are kind of like intertwined up there so i you know i was gonna put i would have put i would have personally put this at number the new number four so beneath prowler I no 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 wait hold on like Doctor Octopus, I would uh, my yeah. Doctor Octopus Scream, okay number three my bad Doctor Octopus yeah, okay. Scream Venom Prowler Peter Venom. So you so you would put the Scream battle above the Venom fight? Not necessarily above the Venom fight, but I think uh -huh. the impactfulness because I don't I don't think I didn't feel the highs of like peter and harry because i it, like you said it's like i've been there before and but yeah like, i can i can see that it's like a spectacle carries a lot of that boss but i actually oh, because yeah. scream was such a surprise i would be willing to do that trade off and switch venom harry goes three scream goes above it because i was just like that was the, that uh, like you said i was like oh man i didn't see that coming and i also yeah. was like the also, emotions being just thrown at you <laughs> oh yeah so i'm like oh my goodness yeah, but i do think like you said like the spectacle of like him raising their old high school and you fighting in the whole high school mm -hmm. and yeah. then you also fighting wing venom later on i think that's cool but i'm like oh uh, but i and the stakes feel high but it also uh -huh. feels like emotionally i've like i've felt you, that you, before yeah well, at the peaks of you fighting MJ, which you don't know how that fight is going to go with Scream and how that happened and how and just how that the, that masterful entire sequence of you going back to your house and seeing them sit, sit together and then how like it, that escalate that that entire sequence between the three escalate to him, like putting the symbiote into, in, into MJ. So I, I had a, a like a friend of mine, like um who was playing this around the same time I was. He hit me up and he was just like at that screen part. He was just like, what would it be like if if peter accidentally killed mj here like there were stead it's like that, that 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 was a real real present danger because yeah. uh that he was already hit with that i don't know if it was then or this happened later when it was like the only way to uh the only way for harry, harry to be free of venom is to kill so i don't know i'm trying to remember if that was still later or before i have to like uh, I, I think that was still like later right part, yeah. yeah 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 so I don't know, kind of like when you really think about it, kind of like that could have also been her, like that symbiote fully embracing her. Imagine it had to be faced that the only way to free her is to kill her. That would have been like intense. <laughs> so. I think that would have raised the stakes astronomically, though, because mm -hmm. I'm like to have it to where like think uh, to have it to where you end up with MJ dying and then Harry miraculously living through that. Uh, oof. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. those also, stakes would have been stupidly yeah. high at that point. And also too dark for Spider-Man. So Yeah, it was very dark. Yeah. Like very dark. <laughs> yeah. But I mean you killed off Aunt May. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's the thing, like in to this game's benefit, I'm glad that Harry didn't die. Because it's like that would have been that would especially because Miles loses Finn in the other game. So it would be like you killing the final villain at the end of it. It was like it would become too uh too much too repetitive. So yeah, so in a way, I like the beat that he survives, even though verily, but also the emotional punch of what happens after Dr. Octopus is like, it's just not there in this game. But also because they already played that card. All even right. if they had, even if they had killed Harry, 
if I, if they had killed it, I would have just rolled my eyes because like, yep, and that's how a Harry Osborn story goes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. That is the new rankings, the C- the SPE rankings for our Spider-Man. In Thirty the villains. <laughs> Thirty villains. Because when you actually think about it, Thirty villains, is a lot for a lot for if, yes. And now I understand why some people are like, did he even have people left for, um, for three? But I want to see Brandon to Harden the team surprise me because there's such a huge stable of villains that sometimes we're not even thinking about them. So. Oh man, I've I've already I've already capped like when you and when we read that question earlier again like i was i typed in my phone earlier like when i was playing um spider-man like spider-man villains that i would love to see in spider-man 3 and Uh that haven't been in spider-man before and Mm -hmm. i'm like i i i got a solid list a list that you probably would be like i don't necessarily know if i want to play against those characters but yeah but it's like that there is a there there is a stable there there is it's like it's like spider-man has been in in existence is the 1960s of course there's gonna still be like something there the well is still like full to oh, pull some for sure. yeah for sure because i was just like we we've we've seen some of them and we've got to play against um a lot of them but i'm like we haven't gotten to like more mulan like m-o-r-l-u-n morlon comments morlon yeah. yeah the one he's the one that killed him right yeah, and also yeah, like so. if if they ever do like a mini like Spider Verse like mini game, I'm like mm-hmm. he'd probably be the bad guy. Oh like, yeah, I'm like you would have that. Um, if they're doing a mouse and and box. also a- again because also like uh, I only know Prowler as like a big uh, as like a big Miles villain. Of course, with his connection to this, like do you know of any Miles specific villains from his Ultimate Run that we haven't seen yet? Because I feel like he's due for uh, his own uh, rogues gallery. So, uh, well, I mean, like, mal- like they could do spot. I mean, but because oh, the spot. Oh, yeah, this is, it would be like them riffing on across the Spider Verse. Yeah, so I'm like, if they really wanted to to do that, but I'm like, um, but then cross uh, crossbones is another villain from from Miles. That's oh, pretty. So crossbones is for for him because I I, I usually associate crossbones with. Uh, in recent times with uh, Captain America. So. I, you would be right to do that, but I'm like, Crossbones has been a, a pretty dominant villain. Um, um, Sturm is uh, or Madam, Swan, uh, Madam Swarm, and mm-hmm. it's like a, this is kind of like a character that was a Nazi agent that um, huh. worked for Hitler, but has like, like uh, she's like a living beehive. Huh, interesting. <laughs> I'm like, that could be a cool like take on it. Um, like let's see um i'm trying to think of another one that i would i would definitely say would be a really cool um so to not be too late so not not to make it too long so so miles does have his own girls gallery that they could pull from yeah if necessary yeah because he has the assessor um another another villain he has um ramble um Mm -hmm. which is raheen um rashad which uh-huh. is a, another classmate of his, almost like his version of like his version of um, Harry, almost uh-huh. kind of, or uh-huh. his version of Harry meets like um, meets like um, dang the the bully, um, Spider-Man's bully, um, Flash, 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 mm-hmm. almost like that kind of, almost like that. Then you have like he has his own ver- ver- version of Carnage, um, and then Ulta Ultimatium is like one of his big big villains as well mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I'm like, he's got he's got a pretty solid road gallery. And I think to my and, and to my advantage in a way because I don't know much of Miles's rogues gallery from the comics. Mm -hmm. I'm not as well versed. I feel like the surprise factor of including a bunch of them in the in any future game would like really elevate that in a way. I can see uh, that. Because it's like that's what made Mr. Negative so special in the 2018 game. It's like he's not a villain that has been used outside like his introduction in the brand new day comic. So it's like for many people he was like a new villain. Even though he was technically not, but it was like a, a new creation by Dan Slott when he took over that book. So that helped a lot in, in, with intrigue. Whereas me doing Craven with this year's like I know who Craven is. And with yeah. no real nuances, that's why like I didn't connect quite as much to Craven. As I did, Mister Negative, like in compare in, in, in comparison, even though like what Craven does gameplay wise, it's like at least that pulled up the set, it, that pulled up its weight. So, well, what, uh, did they did they also say like um, the Anna die in this? Because I know like a lot of the Craven off children died, but I don't think yeah. Anna did, right? Anna was the daughter uh, that survived. I, I kind of like from from what I read, I thought it, 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 because if, when you're doing all the. Uh, all the bases that that ends with like the yeah. uh, voice recordings. It's like my implication is that every voice recording we heard is of every of any member of the family that died from on okay. his end. So I was about to say I I don't remember if I thought maybe one survived, but it could be that that all of them died. But um, because I was like Anna Kravenoff is another Miles mm -hmm. Morales villain. Um, oh, interesting. Maybe they could like twist it to be like she barely survived, like because again that's off screen, so yeah. they can retcon their way around that. So. I mean, Joystick is another Miles Morales villain that's like, um, that's like very Baron Zemo-esque. Mm, um, yeah. And Black Tarantula is like a crime lord, uh, but he's like a Hispanic yeah. crime lord. Yeah. And I'm huh. like, that would that be cool, especially with that with, with his with Miles's background. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, okay. you're you're like underlining the fact that because especially now them saying like, yeah, Miles is our new Spider-Man. He's the new Spider-Man going forward, and all that is like, I don't hundred percent believe it, but it's like he has like enough. Bear, he has enough villains in the in the tank there that on top of some of the things that they like that can be like Peter's side and all that. Spider-Man three is not gonna be wanting. Like it absolutely yeah. is not gonna be wanting for in, in the villain department. I am more curious to see like if the third game is actually uh, that's it, or are we getting another Miles Morales inner game mini game? I, I think we're gonna get a meet like a smaller installment in yeah. the middle of that because I don't I don't think they're gonna put out I think Spider-Man three is at the end of this generation. I, I would I would be totally be fine with that. My thing is that uh, here's where where it gets interesting is like the team that made Miles Morales is making Wolverine, so it's like. Uh, because the team that made this game is the same team that made Spider-Man 1. It's like, they pulled that team together that it didn't, it's like the development didn't stop at all uh, for Spider-Man 2 at all. Uh, they just kind of added the extra, the extra workforce to add that, that interstitial game uh, to its benefit. And now we got the things that because Wolverine exists, I do wonder if they do that Wolverine game and then that's how they do the other interstitial game. But the things that I, I know in Sonic is also doing a multiplayer game from what I understand because they were hiring. So it's like, who is like left to be able to do like another Minions interstitial Spider-Man game? Unless, the Ratchet and Clank team, right? Yeah, but the Ratchet and Clank team is the one that is doing the multiplayer game now. Okay, so, so I'm like, okay. maybe they maybe they mm -hmm. have a new studio, yeah. but like, because they do have, so they have the Spider-Man 2 studio, they have three mainline studios, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, they, right, had so. the, they had the they had the Spider-Man Two team, they had the Miles Morales team that became Wolverine, and they have mm -hmm. the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart team that is moving to that other multiplayer game. 
which yeah. is supposed to be an original stuff. So if you're a PlayStation, Where, give them well, give them enough money to make another studio on this. They point. have proven, <laughs> regardless of the box of this thing, is like they have put out four stuff already. They're about to put put out a fifth one. We don't know when Wolverine is coming, but it would be insane if by next year we also got Wolverine because the game already got announced like two years ago. So there, it's been in development. So. Alejandro, before we go, though, I got two last questions for you. The first one is, where can the good people find you? Yes. Uh, I want to thank you so much for letting me be part of this episode because I, lo I Love it. wanted to have more in-depth conversation about this game because it allowed me to be more positive about the things that I loved that I couldn't in my own spoiler cut. So you can find me over at the Xbox podcast that posts every Fridays from 2 p.m. onwards with my co-host Paul. And you can find me on Twitter at A underscore Dorsegovia. Also known as X, you can find my some of my posts over at Threads slash Instagram at Alejandro Segovia ninety three, and then you can find my written content at both SeasonGaming.com and TheCriticalCorner.com. Over at Critical Corner, like I mentioned at the top, you can read my thoughts on Super Mario Bros. Wonder and Marvel Spider Man two, and then recently at SeasonGaming.com, my current thoughts over the Call of Duty Modern Warfare three campaign, which will evolve into a full review later this week, and my Alan Wake 2 review. So, man, that's exciting. That's exciting. Everyone look forward to all that links in the description always as always. Everyone, thank you so much for for being a part of this episode, being a part of this journey and listening if you made it this far because this has been a long fun yes. conversation. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your continued support the podcast. The podcast continues to grow and my heart and love for y'all just continues to grow alongside of it. Thank y'all so much for yeah. supporting me and support the boys over there at the X, X Button Podcast. They are doing great work and always love collabing with them. So before Absolutely. we go, though, I told you I had two things. My last yeah. one is, Alejandro, what game are you going to be playing next? Oof. So right now it's like um, I'm debating because I'm just bouncing. I know that uh, I had mentioned it before to my buddy Paul that because Phantom Livery came at the worst possible time. I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, I, I never fully finished the main campaign, so I have both. It's, it's kind of like a full playthrough. Play I was thinking about it, start immediately jumping on that, but I wasn't in the mood. So I know that I'm eventually going to get there because I really want to give it its due now that the game is like as pristine as it is. But I'm just kind of like in the mood. Uh, finishing Alan Wake 2 put me in a remedy mood. So I was like, I'm going back through our Alan Wake Remastered. I'm going to finish all this DLC and play American Nightmares. I'm going to replay Quantum Break because I only played that game once. And all of these games are like weirdly connected in interesting ways. Uh, Control, I want to play again because I only played it once on PS4. I want to play the PS5 version and it's DLC. And it's so funny because all these games are literally a Remedy connected universe and they all it, it all works together. It's kind of wild. It's like, it's what you want from it's like an MCU that's not the MCU that's actually happening over at the Remedy connected universe, which is wild, especially at a time where we see the MCU is like being a little desperate right now. Do you see the trailer from? <laughs> from the marvels yesterday i was laughing hysterically that they had to like what were the trailers before it was like oh yeah this is like a fun uh, a fun movie about uh, these three characters that have similar powers and similar motifs interchanging each other into like the next big like thing where everything's changed let's uh let's uh, let's evoke iron man captain america and endgame and thanos i was like wow that's like if we if there were worries that the MCU was like, they were feeling some, they're feeling scared right now over there, that trailer alone was like, yep, it's like, when you're pulling that nostalgia card and like, 
move. They they, they got to do some soul searching of I why know. they feel like they got to put those moves. I know so. they said the Marvels weren't tracking very well in theaters, but I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah it was a it was a very surprising move. Um, yeah. Are you planning to watch it this week? I don't know. Like, I'm not in. I'm, if if some friends, for, it, yeah, I'm not in the mood. To, I, I like, I'm not in the mood that I would go see it by myself if my friends don't want to go see it. If for oh. some reason they told me let's go, I'll go because one, the movie's short, so I'm like, I'll go see it. It's like, I mean, why not? Uh, I'm just not really in the mood. It's like, uh, it's kind of like what I said in my Spider-Man review mm-hmm. that at a time where I've been like burned out on like many things Marvel, like uh, Loki, I still haven't seen. I know season, the season uh, ends tomorrow. Uh, like. Secret animation. I tried with that first episode. I was like, no, I'm bored. I'm not feeling this. And then hearing how bad it went is like, uh, my love kind of like ended with Guardians 3 because that was like a goodbye. I felt that was like a goodbye, especially for James Gunn and all that. So that's why I'm like, yeah, it's like, I want to hear to see if at least it's good. And if there's interest from friends to go see it, I'll go. It's like, it's, man, I haven't seen like, I haven't been to the movies in a while since Oppenheimer. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. So, I, but I'm not really interested. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm not hankering. So it's like it really just goes to show. But Spider-Man Two was like, yeah, this is my lane. It's like if I have to like be excited for Marvel in one lane, I'm glad it's in games currently. Yeah, so, yeah I, and no, how I'm good like, this game was, even yeah. with my issues. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I think I'm gonna go see it this weekend. Uh, we'll let you know what I think um, in our yeah. comments. Oh, Everyone- yes. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to our episode. I've been Sebastian. That's been Alejandro. This has been the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single players, player games, for finding about good single player games to play. I'm about to go eat. Alejandro's about to go game. Thank yeah. you all for listening. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay gaming, and enjoy that single player experience. Bye, everyone. And press X to play. <laughs> <laughs>